Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19. I'm just, where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? I, they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally like he dropped Superman down like the drain. Comes out like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City. Part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans! And a pleasure to have you here for part two of our college football preview on the Dit Cow Football Show from the Dave in the City studios at the home of champions, Southern California. We had a great show last night. It was great to have the panel back. John was with us. Andy was with us. Ron was with us, too. And it was a good time. And thank you all so much for tuning in. We had some great numbers last night on YouTube and also on the podcast feed. And uh, we're really excited to have your support. It's really great to, to have, you know, great to see your in- interest in this season. And uh, more of the same tonight. We're going to get into the group of five previews. Uh, before we get to that, though, we'll talk about the Heisman, the Heisman Trophy uh, race a little bit. We'll get into more, get into some more potpourri, and then we'll cover the group of five, and then we'll make. And after that, our uh, predictions for the uh, for the championship, predictions for the playoff. Um, a lot of cool things happening around here in college football. So let's go introduce our panel. I think we have two out of our three in in the scenario at the moment. So uh, let's go say hi to them right now, and. Uh, Hello, fellas. What's going on? Uh, first to John. How's it going tonight? Love Dave. Yeah, good to be back tonight for some group of five discussion. Maybe we'll get into some week zero picks at the end of the show. I think me and Andy have some thoughts on who we're betting on Saturday. I mean, it's like I know it's part not part of our contest. Maybe a little some bonus picks for for everyone out there. But yeah, uh, always excited to talk about the group of five. This is where you can kind of. Um, you know, you could see some you know, sleepers or just some really good football, honestly. And uh, that's what you'd love to see. So excited to be here to talk. You got it, John. Good to have you back. Awesome. And nice to see you back in the mix. Andy, welcome back to the show. How's it going tonight? 88 degrees. I don't know if that's warm enough for RKO, but uh, <laughs> it's warm enough here. I actually, uh, this is actually where I did the ice bucket challenge that everybody hated all those years ago. Oh, wow. Where's the ice? There's not enough ice, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Andy's mic gave out or somewhere in the middle of that, but I'm not sure what happened there. I don't know if it's – maybe it's on my end, but um, I'll get back to you in a second. Do, uh, but, Ron, welcome back to the show. Good to have you with us. How's it going tonight? How's it going? Long time no speak. I know. <laughs> Grand total of less than 24 hours since we last talked to each other, everybody. But it's good to have you back yeah. one way, both ways. Um, Andy, can you hear us and see us? I can. Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yeah, there you go. You got your back now. There oh, you go. Yeah. yeah. I guess the Mike got excited about the Ice Bucket Challenge response. I'm actually going to take the Ice Bucket Challenge. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> what a throwback. There you go. Uh, Something to commemorate our uh, 10 or so years doing the, <laughs> doing the previews. <laughs> uh, brings back memories. Remember when Mike, that. remember Mike doing the Ice Bucket Challenge? Yeah, that's, I actually thought of that. I was like, <laughs> nice. 
Not enough ice in the bowl. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Mongos. Mongos will be Mongos all the time. Um, all right, fellas. Well, let's let's talk about the just a little bit. I don't. We don't have to waste too much time on it because I know. It gets kind of repetitive after a while. But what's interesting about the Heisman race is that you could be looking at a back the one of the first back-to-back wins for a Heisman Trophy winner in a while because I saw that Bryce Young is in the mix again. It makes sense to me. Um, competing with him is C.J. Stroud and Caleb Williams, who now will be with USC. And um, there'll be some other candidates too. But, John, if you want to take a moment to get into the Heisman stuff, if you don't want to, that's fine too. But like, but if you do have any quick hitters in the Heisman, uh, we'd love to hear them. Oh, you named the top candidates, Dave. C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Um, I, I don't know if me. I don't know if I put Caleb Williams up there. Maybe he's probably in the top ten. I honestly haven't looked at the odds. Um, any of the Ohio State skill position players. So you know, uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba. Uh, maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. gets in the mix. Um, I mentioned last night the guy from Alabama, Jameer Gibbs, could be a, a dark horse candidate. So I guess those are the kind of the, the names on my radar. Um, I mean, if you really want to go way off the board, you know, like someone from Utah, like we talked about them last night, so maybe Cam Rising or uh, their running back, uh, 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 Thomas. So, you know, you, we really want to get crazy with someone like that. But, no, it's going to be probably someone from Ohio State or Alabama when it comes down to it. Yeah, it'd be hard for me to refute that myself. So, uh, Andy, any other thoughts you had as far as the Heisman? Heisman? Eh. Uh, no, not really. I mean, Bryce Young, the defensive guy on Alabama, it's weird because I don't know if it's like a old man thing or just like it, – it, it's, it's basically like it's a quarterback award, right? Every now and then you get a running back, but it's mostly quarterbacks and running backs offensive right so whenever there's like a defensive guy in the fold it's they're basically already kind of up against it just because of look who votes like mad dog and francesa have votes you know so you think they're watching all those games anyway so right it's 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 kind of a skewered award um so yeah we'll just have to wait and see i i'm not like a big heisman guy anyway so um yeah, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. All right. Um, so, Ron, anything you want to add as far as the Heisman? Yeah, no, I, I agree with Andy. Like, uh, you know, I guess when I was a kid, the Heisman was like a big deal. But, uh, you know, I don't think I paid attention to it really. I couldn't tell you, you know, the past like five, six winners of, uh, of the Heisman. Um, but I would say, and I, I know I mentioned this uh, last night, that – if you are looking for a defensive guy this year, Will Anderson from Alabama, uh, you know, if, if everything breaks right and the, the quarterbacks kind of have like a rough, you know, year and, and he puts up uh, 17, 18 sacks again, I definitely think he'll be in the mix. Um, probably more so than, than, you know, in the past with the defensive players just because, uh, you know, it'll be two years in a row and re- repeating those, uh, those feats. So, you gotta, you know, if he does that again, his name has to be in the mix. All right. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, I mean, that's, there's really nothing else to break down. I think that's really well laid out. I mean, only so, so many people you can really get into. 
Um, it winds up being a quarterback almost all the time, so it's just it's just one of those deals. Um, did you want to take any moments? Did you want to take a moment to talk about the Big Ten TV contract that covers CBS, Fox, and NBC? Anybody want to get into that? Because it's a it's a huge deal, and I got to say it's a pretty great it's a great job out of the Big Ten. But I don't know. I mean, does anyone want to get does anyone want to get into that, John? Like, would I don't know? It's just going to be kind of weird to see like you turn on CBS at three thirty. You're going to see Iowa and Wisconsin playing. It's just like <laughs> completely against your your mindset of what it was like the last you know 20 years of watching true. college football. But um, you know, good job out of them getting that monster deal. Because now that you're going to have like a national game on, on Fox at 12, CBS at 3:30, and then I believe NBC at 7 or 7:30 in prime time. So their top, top games are all like on network TV. So um, you know, yeah, it was a massive deal i guess they, they're getting like peacock in the mix and you know we all know the problems with streaming and whatnot but um hey you know what they're it's, it's like the it's it's like fox nbc uh and cbs in the big 10 versus the sec and espn right That's basically what's coming down to yeah. at this point and each yeah. conference is like there it's like an arm race to get all the different teams and then whoever's left out is like you're like getting scraps at this point that's that's where all this is headed but you know it was a historic contract that was signed and we'll look forward to seeing you know iowa football on cbs and what can't wait (laughs) i love the sarcasm in that because i if I go the rest of my life without seeing an Iowa game, it would be too soon. I've had enough well, Dave, of they're going to be in your conference. You're going to have to go to I know. Iowa. You're right. <laughs> you That's go. right. That's right. Oh, my God. Uh, Ron, I'll just leave you any, any anything else you wanted to say as far as the con- contract, and then we can just get right to the previews. Yeah, I think the, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing from it was when um, – uh, I think his name is Kevin Warren, the the Big Ten commissioner. When he like had the press conference about the um, the TV deal, he admitted that they uh, they're looking to expand it to twenty teams. Um, you know, which just opens up the possibilities. I mean, we've already you know heard Oregon be mentioned as as you know that that next team to be added. Uh, um, maybe it's Notre Dame. Uh, I don't know, but you know the it certainly seems like this is uh, the first step. Um, towards that, you know, that four mega conference, if that's how it shakes out, um, you know, and, and there was already talks, I, I, and this might be a little off topic, but I, I know the, uh, the CFP committee met last week or something like that. And they, uh, they started having early discussions uh, about pulling away the four big, uh, you know, conferences pulling away from uh, the NCAA um, and who would regulate them and, and how that would look. And I, I think they're trying to, um, you know, move under the, the, the control of the CFP um, committee. Uh, so, you know, we might be looking at a totally different, you know, uh, college football landscape and, you know, uh, three, four, five years down the road. Um, and it's all coming to fruition. Mike was right. You know, Mike Francesca said, 15 years ago it was going to be a four-team mega conference and it was going to be outside the NCA. And that's, uh, you know, it seems like that Big Ten television contract is the first, like, uh, real foot out the door uh, yeah. away from the NCA. So uh, it'll be uh, really interesting to see how it plays out. Absolutely. And, you know, 
They really, there really is at this point for the Power Five teams, no real loyalty to the NCAA at large. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm very curious. We'll see where it goes too. All right. So speaking, let's let's get to the Group of Five now. So not definitely not in the neighborhood of the Big Ten at the moment, but a lot of juice here anyway. A lot of fun teams to follow this year. We're gonna start with the American Conference. John's AAC. It was at one time John's AAC. Now UConn is an independent, but. Um, and I and uh, what we have is Cincinnati with an opportunity to repeat the championship of this conference. They were thirteen and one last year, and I think the one might have been the bowl game. I'm not sure because they were didn't they make the playoff? Like they made the playoff and then they lost to Bama, I think. So, um, so it was really a great year for them. It was a really great year. So they lose Ritter, and it's going to be an interesting spot. But uh, John, I'll give it to you first for the AAC preview. Yeah, I mean, that's like season of a lifetime for Cincinnati. I mean, the first group five team ever, and they certainly deserved it to get into the playoff. But, um, yeah, they're they're definitely, uh, I would say, reloading. Um, it's not a rebuild. I mean, Fickle's done a great job bringing in talent. Um, so, But it, it's going to hurt because you lose just a bunch of NFL players uh, that went to, to the draft. I mean, obviously, Sauce Gardner, like number one on the list. Uh, going to the Jets, you know, Ritter gets drafted by the Falcons, a number of other players. Um, so they're going to be reloading on that side of the ball um, on defense. Um, but they do have all five starters back on their offensive line. Um, they're bringing in a, an ex-quarterback, uh, Ben Bryant, who played at Eastern, who played for them at Cincinnati, then transferred to Eastern Michigan, and now is back at Cincinnati. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be quite as – obviously they're not going to be like 13-0 and 0 good like they were last year, but they still have enough talent on hand to win this conference. But in my opinion, it's a three-team race between Cincinnati, Houston, our old friend Dana Holgerson. Um, he has Clayton Toon returning. Uh, Nathaniel Dell is his top target. Um, they have uh, a very strong defensive line. They had one of the best defenses in the country last year. And the key to their season is they don't play Cincinnati or UCF, who's the other um, top team here in the AAC. So just by that alone, they have a leg up on the rest of the, the conference. Um, they have a very interesting week one game at uh, Texas San Antonio, U2SA, one of our favorite teams here on the show. And uh, that's going to be a, a, like a very underrated week one game to watch. Um, so then UCF is like the third team in this mix. That's like a conference contender. And they have a new starting quarterback. You may remember him from Ole Miss, John Reese Plumley. So that's going to be an interesting fit to see how, um, you know, he, he runs with the Malzahn system. Um, and they have some, some transfers as well from Auburn. Um, so they're going to be a good team. I, I, you know, last year was kind of a, a settling in phase for Malzahn and just taking over the job. And they were just decimated by injuries. But I, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. Um, you know, obviously it's not going to be like the, the Scott Frost era, but I think they're, gonna, they're a conference contender for sure. So those are your three top teams. And then after that, it kind of drops off a bit. Um, you know, you have uh, East Carolina, Memphis, uh, Tulsa, Tulane. I kind of all group them in like the same kind of pool. Um, me and Andy are, are fans of East Carolina because of Holton Aylers. He's kind of like the Tim Tebow light, I would say. Um, if I were had to give him a, a description, he feels like he's been around for 20 years at East Carolina, but they, they were going to play in a bowl game last year. I think they were going to play in like the military bowl or one of those bowls and it got canceled. So that's a motivation for them to have a, have another good season. And they do have some returning stars as well. They have like seven returning stars on defense. Um, and offense, both their, their uh, offensive and defensive line are pretty solid. So I think they they might be the best of that next group. Um, I don't really not like that much about uh, Memphis. I think they're kind of on the downturn. Um, 
SMU is another team that's going to put up a lot of points. Uh, their new coach is Rhett Lashley, who was uh, he was actually at UConn for one year as the offensive coordinator, and he actually made UConn's offense watchable. Um, so they'll be able to put up points. Uh, SMU, uh, Tanner Mordecai returns as the starter, and I, I've read some crazy things about SMU and like this NIL that they're just like it's like opening up Pandora's box for them. It's basically like it was back in the, uh, you know, the death penalty era with Dickerson and all that, like that it's going to get crazy and they can be like a target for, you know, like the big 12 or pac 12, whatever, uh, going down the line. So that's something to watch out for with SMU, but they're going to score a lot of points. Um, you know, Tulsa's kind of nondescripts really don't have much to say about them. They're just kind of the same team every year. Um, I think their defense is going to be lacking or, or less than it was last year because we talked about, but last night, the defensive coordinator went to TCU. Um, Tulane is a team that a lot of people are high on. They had a number of close losses last year, um, and they returned their quarterback, Michael Pratt, and they, they bring in a new offensive coordinator that we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, they're due for some positive regression. Uh, and then rounding out the conference uh, is Navy and uh, Temple. Temple is just – they're another team that – they completely quit last year on their coach. And they bring in this guy, his name's Stan Drayton. He's like a running back coach. I have no idea. I have not, no clue about, about this guy. And um, their quarterback, uh, Dewan Mathis from Georgia, was terrible last year. They're a team that is just, they're going to be bad again. Um, and Navy, I mean, you don't know what to make of Navy just because they run that option. But it's been a struggle for them. I, I, it seems like the, the best days are behind them uh, for Navy. But um, you never know. Like, they just you know, they can go from two and 10 to 11 and two, like, like that. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on them, but just on paper, they don't look like a strong team, but so I, I definitely think it's a three team race uh, but between those three I mentioned. And I'll say the title game is going to be um, Cincinnati and Houston and with UCF a close third. So I think it's a rematch of last year. Yeah, I see that too. I mean, you mentioned the top three. I, I just, there's a giant gap, I think, between those top three and everybody else in that conference. So, uh, if we swing it over to Ron, um, we'd love to get your thoughts as well on the AAC. Yeah, and I, I can't agree more with uh, with John um, and yourself, Dave. I mean, it's the UFC, UCF, Houston, and uh, Cincinnati, definitely the top three teams in the league. Um, you know, I think after that, it's just uh, like John said, it's you could group them all together uh, outside of uh, Navy and Temple, who are both going to be uh, bad this year. Um but yeah, the, the the one thing I think that that stands out uh, for Houston, like John said, is they don't play UCF or uh, Cincinnati, which gives them a leg up on the competition. Um, you know, and, and and they bought everybody back this year. Uh, they have a ton of starters returning. So on paper, you figure, you know, uh, they, they, they're going to be up there. It's, you know, they should win the conference this year. Um, you know, I, I don't have faith in Holgerson to uh, you know, um, you know, do a great coaching job again. So, uh, but you know, they, they, they did really well last year. They were, you know, they lost the opening game and then I think they, they, uh, they won their next 11 straight until they lost the, uh, the ACC, the AAC title game. So, um, you know, it's not out of the realm of, of possibility to, to, for them to have, uh, you know, a loss or even go undefeated and, and challenge for, uh, the new year's six spot. Um, and as far as Cincinnati goes, yeah, I mean, for a non power five team to, uh, you know, absorb that many good players that they lost, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna take maybe another year. 
And like John said, I don't think they're going to be bad this year. I think they're going to be still be good because uh, they do return. Like you said, the offensive line, they, they have some pieces there on, on offense still. Um, but, you know, they had, you know, generational players in Sauce Gardner and, uh, and, uh, and, and Ritter. And, I mean, it's going to take a while to, to replace their, their impact on the team. So I, I, I think they'll still be good, uh, just not at the level that they were last year. And uh, UCF, yeah, they should be interesting with Plumlee. Um, you know, they have a lot of talent there. Malzahn is, you know, he, he's in the right spot for himself. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I agree. It's those three teams. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'll go checker on a checker and say Houston and uh, Cincinnati in the title game. And I'd probably give the edge to, to Houston just for the, uh, the quarterback experience with uh, Clayton Toon there. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. I like it. I like it. I, I mean, it's it's a really good comprehensive review. Thank you again, Ron, for, for breaking that all down. I'm just thinking about all the uh, different scenarios that you mentioned and good stuff. Over to Andy, and uh, let's get your quick hitters on the AAC as well. Yeah, I'm in agreement with the other guys for the most part. You know, <clears throat> Cincinnati had a dream season last year. You know, it had kind of been accumulating for two years in a row. Um, yeah, but no more Sauce Gardner. Great name, Sauce. Um, and then they lost uh, what I read, seven all-conference defenders, all gone. So uh, they're going to have to reload and, and obviously take a step back. It doesn't get easy for them. Their week one game is at Arkansas. It's a very good week one game, um, you know, because both those programs have lofty uh, aspirations and they both want to start 1-0. and um, so that'll be a game we'll have our, uh, we'll be paying attention to. Yeah. Houston, uh, they, they're loaded at the wide receiver position. Clayton Thune, he's a, he's a really good gunslinger. Holgerson, you, you always worry about Holgerson losing the game that they have no business losing to. Um, and as John mentioned, or, and Ron mentioned their schedule, uh, they, they won the schedule lottery in the conference uh, without having to play Cincinnati or UCF. But uh, I was texting with John earlier to shame that they, uh, it's a great game for us to watch, but, uh, you know, we don't want to see UTSA and Houston play each other because uh, they're both like kind of disruptor programs and you'd rather see them disrupt uh, schools from Power Five Conference rather than each other. But that's just life because uh, I think UTSA has potential to be pesky as well. Um, but we'll, there'll be a wager on that game, uh, one way or the other, um, central Florida. Yeah. I, I think Gus Malzahn, you know, if you gave Auburn alum, you know, the Auburn version of Plodwick, if you gave him the truth serum, they'd probably regret getting rid of Gus Malzahn. Um, because as we talked about, Harson's kind of a, a clown and, um, Gus actually had good success against Alabama. That, that wasn't why they fired him. They were let him go. It's, you know, like I said, everyone's got these high expectations and only, you know, four teams make the playoff. But uh, but good for Gus. He's got a good thing going for him at Central Florida. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see, like, what he does with the, the Ole Miss transfer, John Reese Plumley. And then, uh, yeah, SMU, new coach, Mordecai. Feels like a super senior. I don't know. It just feels like he's been there forever. Um, Memphis. You know, Memphis is just your close your eyes. They're going to be seven and five one way or the other. Uh, Seth Hennigan at their quarterback. He's, you know, 
he's a pretty good quarterback. So uh, they'll be fun to watch, I think, for the most part. Yeah, and as those guys are mentioned, mentioning, like the second tier of, of teams, ECU, uh, Tulane, SMU, uh, they're not great teams by any stretch of the imagination, but they're fun to watch. Like, Dave, you were high on Willie Fritz a few years ago. Um, oh, yeah. Last year, they, they lost every game known to man. Uh Although, like, they basically hung around with Oklahoma week one for as long as they can. They didn't win, obviously. They didn't cover. And then everything just kind of imploded. And uh, Willie Fritz literally, to borrow a term from fan base, cleaned house and got rid of all the coordinators. And uh, so Willie Fritz, I'm on the Willie Fritz Pratt bandwagon this year. Uh, I have a bet over, I think it's either over six or over six and a half wins. So we'll be keeping a very watchful eye on Tulane this year, as well as uh, ECU. I'm a big Holton Ayers Mongo. As uh, like John says, he he's got like the body of like a chunkier Tim Tebow, but he's got the arm mental confidence of a Matt Stafford, but he doesn't have Matt Stafford's arm. So it just makes for good television. Uh, and I love them getting the points against North Carolina State week one. I'm going to sink or swim with them week one, East Carolina, baby. And then, yeah, like South Florida, Navy, Tulsa, Temple, I don't really have much, any thought, except, you know, last night we alluded to taking UCF with the points against BYU. But as those guys mentioned, you know, Navy, Navy's been on a downward spiral for the last couple seasons, and Temple is just like – you remember when Temple was like really, really bad? Like when they were the basement dwellers of the Big East, like they're kind of heading in that direction and they don't have an Al Gordon to kind of pull them out of that fire. So uh, yeah, top heavy uh, conference, but the middle pack of the conference is going to be fun to watch if you're a degenerate gambler with uh, Tulane and ECU and uh, throw, in, throw in Tulsa and, and Memphis and SMU. Well, I I love it, Dandy. I think that's that's a good that's a good point. You know, there's there's definitely gambling juice at least. You know, there are gonna be some interesting games in there. That's all these conferences are for. It's right. all like, yeah. yeah, all gambling is <laughs> really story. is really is Mountain West. Uh, def- Thursday night game on ESPN. It's like Tulane and SMU. I mean, come on, yeah. you got to tune in to put a bet on it. <laughs> but what's interesting, Dave? We all just talked about those top three. Teams, yep. they're going with the Big Twelve next year. So uh, this conference is going to be completely yep. gutted, and like <laughs> they're thinking to replace, point. you know, they're going to replace yeah. them with the following teams. I just pulled up the article. They're ra- basically rating Conference USA. So they're going to get UAB, FAU, Charlotte, North Texas, Rice, and UTSA. Like there's only one team in that batch. Like that is like worth anything is UTSA. It's just like yeah. you know. The Spider-Man GIF with the two pointing at each other. That's basically Conference USA and the AAC <laughs> starting next year. It's like it's the same, same conference. The Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Kevin's checking in. Hello, Kevin. Welcome in. Back junk bands back in the back in the mix in the chat. He says, Hey boys, Drayton from the Temple offense Temple head coach, offensive guy on the Texas staff last five years in Ohio State before that. Coaches running backs coached running backs at UT. I'm assuming that's Texas. Florida, Syracuse. He's like 50. First head coaching job. Now, that doesn't sound great. <laughs> I think you... Yeah, but kind of- you know, I, I remember uh, we, we talked about it a, a bunch of times last year, Dave. The uh, There was like so much uh, toxicity going on in that Temple program. And I mean, nobody really cares about Temple, so you don't really 
hear about it, but I, I forget who their coach was last year. But uh, you had a, it was almost like a Hawaii, and I know we'll 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 get to Hawaii later in the show, but it's almost like a Hawaii situation. Like players were coming out, um, you know, on social media and saying like he, you know, he was basically abusive to them and you know wouldn't let them leave the program and you had like all these these kids coming out and and eventually they had to let the guy go but uh you know as you know out of left field this guy drayton is (laughs) from what i've read it's it's like a breath of fresh air for for the program so who knows you know uh you know maybe uh that's what they need to turn it around and it'll probably take uh, a long time but anything's better than the guy that they had last year yeah, that's a great point. And I would never never completely give up on the idea of somebody who starts their their career. Well, if it mean the first ever head coaching job, that's a little interesting. But but if somebody who's just generally 45 or 50, you know, Pete Carroll was about that age when he went to USC. So it's not – it doesn't mean it's going to be a bad coaching career. That's, that's the one thing I would look at. But, um, yeah, really great points. You know, you know somebody you mentioned that. Harson's in a similar spot. There are a lot of allegations about him really abusing people within the organ within the program, and uh, it's funny that he's still there. I don't know how much longer he'll be there. He's really going to have a tighter leash than most. So interesting spot. I think there. he has like an obnoxious buyout, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They did give him a big, <laughs> give him a big contract. So that makes it tough. Good point. All right, so uh, let's go to Conference USA. You're talking about poaching teams in the Conference USA, John. Man, Conference USA stinks. I gotta say, I mean, I mean I'm not gonna beat around the bush in this. Like, only one team is predicted to finish with more than seven wins in the entire conference. This is a mess. So UAB is a front runner here. You mentioned UTSA; they could be solid too. But uh, John, let's give you a, a chance to just make something. To you know, make some predictions out of this mess of a conference. What what do you think of the conference USA this year? Yeah, we'll try to make something out of nothing here. This <laughs> conference, um, but no. But honestly, this is kind of the, the same. It's like a, a light version of like the Pac-12, where it's very competitive. So there'll be some in- interesting games to watch. There's two games this weekend for Week Zero. There's two conference games that'll be. Uh, pretty interesting to watch. But yeah, the two favorites here are UAB and UTSA, clearly. Um, big question mark, though, UAB, because just, I think, last month, you know, Bill Clark, their coach, who had, like, resurrected the program, had to step away or resign for personal reasons. So they had to bring in um, Brian Vincent as their new coach. I don't. I think he was on staff. I want to say he was, like, their offensive coordinator. Uh, but... You know, they're probably the, one of the most more talented teams in the conference. Uh, Dylan Hopkins returns at quarterback. They have three starters on their offensive line return. Uh, their top two running backs return. Uh, and their defense should be solid. So, so you know, the question the question mark, obviously, is with the new coaching situation. Um, but the other team that you need to watch out for here is obviously UTSA. We mentioned them before. Now, since – McCorns through their top three receivers and their four starters on the offensive line from last year. So there shouldn't be any problems scoring points from them. Um, their defense was a, a pretty big question mark. They kind of, um, you know, had some struggles towards the end of the year. I mean, they made San Diego State look like Alabama in the whole game that they played last year, uh, pretty much. But um, I think, you know, those are clearly the top two teams. 
Um, and I'd be surprised if it wasn't those two teams playing for the conference championship. Again, it's, it's one of those deals where it's the top two at the end of the season. Um, after that, you have a, a bunch of teams that are kind of, um, you know, on the, like the AAC is a mishmash of teams. Uh, Western Kentucky, we, we talked about it last night. They lose uh, Bailey Zappi and, uh, you know, to, to the NFL, but I, and the coordinator as well. Um, I believe he went to Texas Tech, uh, the guy who coached Zappi. So now they're bringing in a new offensive coordinator, um, and they, they're bringing in a new transfer quarterback, this guy from Division Two, Austin Reed. He was like one of the, the players of the year. But, I mean, it's clearly a step up in competition going. It's, this is an FCS to FBS, which is like, you know, okay, you know, some guys can be down in FBS because of, you know, personal situation or whatever. This guy's playing in D2, and now he's going to the FBS. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but – they're, they're probably like the third team here, maybe to, to kind of challenge uh, those top teams. Um, I, I am a fan of UTEP. Um, you know, they were pretty good to us last year in the beginning of the season. They kind of ended the year maybe on a, on a, a rough note, but been, they went to their first bowl in a really long time. Uh, they should be able to um, – they had some explosive plays. Uh, Gavin Hardison returns at quarterback, but they lost one of their best receivers um, to uh, Arizona as a transfer. Um, so that's that's definitely going to hurt them. But they return eight players on defense, and they were pretty solid last year. So I do like this UTEP team. Um, the other teams are just kind of middling. Um, although I do like Charlotte's offense. Um, I'll mention them for a second. Chris Reynolds, um, uh, DeBose, and Tucker, like they have a, some really good playmakers, and they're going to be in a bunch of shootouts because their defense was really bad. So um, you're going to bet the over on Charlotte games uh, for most of the season. Um, but yeah, so I think they're a team that's, that's on the rise. Actually, I, I would say Charlotte and, and we know their coach, uh, Will Healy, he's a friend of Dabo Sweeney. I, I think he's done a really good job with that program. So that's a team to kind of maybe keep your eye on, um, you know, Florida Atlantic is, is, uh, Willie Taggart again, with Kosey Perry, um, you know, I'm going to pass on that team. Actually this week, Charlotte getting seven and a half at FAU, like sign me up for that. I'm, I'm, I'm in on Charlotte plus seven and a half on that game. I think that'll be pretty close. Um, you know, uh, the next tier, I guess, would be like Middle Tennessee and La Tech. Uh, Stock still has been there forever at Middle Tennessee. I don't know. It's just not doing anything for me. Um, Chase Cunningham returns at quarterback. Uh, yeah, they, their defense led the country in turnovers, so that's going to kind of regress. So I'm not a fan of them. Um, Louisiana Tech has a new quarterback – or, I'm sorry, a new coach, uh, Sonny Cumbie. I think he was at TCU last year, so um, – you know, the Lou Holtz was there. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, not Lou Holtz. Skip Holtz was there forever. Um, you know, and they had some talent, but again, a new coach. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of them either. Um, and then North Texas uh, started last year like one in five, one six, and won their last five games to become bowl eligible and then just laid a complete turd in their bowl game against Miami, Ohio. We'll not forget that game. Um, their Latrell is just terrible in bowl games, but. Um, they had the number five rushing attack actually in the country last year, and they returned their four starters on their offensive line and th their top three running backs. So they should be able to run the ball. Um, Austin Ani is their quarterback. And I, I believe he was like in the Yankees farm system or he was in the minor league baseball farm system. The guy's like almost 30 years old. So um, they're going to rely on their running game and, uh, and their defense. So um, very interesting conference. I, like I said, very, very competitive. I guess the one team I didn't mention is Rice. I mean, they're just kind of just ugh, they're just not very good. Um, their coach is like a Stanford protege, so they they play like Stanford, but on the CUSA level. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about Rice. Um, 
So yeah, uh, interesting conference. Like I said, a lot of competitive games, um, but I think the easy pick here is UTSA and um, uh, UAB for the conference title game. And one all about me note. So I'm making my annual trip to Vegas next month. And the week on, weekend I'm there, there's two games being played that weekend. It's the Raiders and the Cardinals, and it's UNLV versus North Texas. Guess which, guess, guess which game I'm going to be at. Ah, Got to be the second one. Afternoon. Of course. I mean, come on. I think I had like a front row seat for like 50 bucks. I can't wait. Love it, John. Love it. That's great, John. I appreciate the the, the preview. You know, there. Uh, um, you know, you, you definitely can have may have some fun with this conference when you really look into it. So cool stuff. And I love the the story with UTSA. That's always fun to see them in the mix. So um, let's go to Ron. Let's get your thoughts on conference USA as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, John did a great job covering it, but, um, you know, for the conference overall, uh, you know, just so crazy because they're going to be losing um, six teams after this year. And uh, so next year they're going to be down to nine teams in Conference USA. They're bringing in, uh, I think it's Liberty, New Mexico State, and two teams from uh, FCS. uh, Jacksonville State and uh, Sam Houston State. So I mean, uh, this seems you know kind of like the uh, the last ride of, of Conference USA. You know, uh, it's definitely going to be a, a strange you know transformation for them. And what we've known Conference USA to be, uh, you know, not too long ago it was it was a pretty good uh, basketball conference, and uh, you know the football wasn't that bad. Um, but it seems like it's, uh, you know, it's getting worse and deteriorating by the year. Um, but you know, as, as far as this year goes, yeah, I mean, UTSA, uh, how can you go against them? You know, they, they won 10 games last year. They return, uh, Frank Harris, a lot of other key players on the team. Um, and, and John's hundred percent, right? Like I was all in on UAB, uh, you know, this whole summer, um, until the Bill Clark news came out and, you know, you just you, you kind of worry about something like that. I mean, it's it's something similar, and I know we're going to get to the Mac in a little bit, but um, you know, like uh, like something like a, what Ohio went through um, last year when when Frank Solichu was there forever, uh, and they were supposed to be good last year, and he retired in I, I think August, and uh, and they just laid a turd the whole season. They they just weren't prepared for it, so. You, you kind of, um, you know, worry about that with UAB because Bill Clark's been the only coach they know. So, uh, you know, that's uh, something to watch out for. Uh, and, and the other point that John made that I am 100% on with, uh, and I know our, our, our buddy uh, Dan Tullis uh, on the board, he, uh, he always talks up uh, Middle Tennessee State. I think that's his team he rides with. I'm riding with Charlotte this year. I'm riding with Charlotte uh, and the over. You know, like John said, they are going to score a ton of points. Uh, they're probably going to lose, you know, six or seven games, uh, you know, but the, those games are going to be completely watchable and they're probably going to all be like 55 to 51, something like that. So uh, I'm a big Charlotte guy this year. You know, sign me up. I'm, I'm on their bandwagon. Uh, what You know, they were they were the, the darlings of uh, of college football a couple of years ago with the, you know, the Char- the Charlotte. You know, like the uh, Club Charlotte stuff with uh, Will Healy. So, you know, it's time to uh, to resurrect that. Let's go Charlotte. Um, and, you know, I mean, the rest of the conference is, you know, teams that are hit or miss. I mean, 
they, you know, all these teams can either, you know, uh, go one way or the other. It's, it's, it's so, you know, uh, just uh, crazy how, uh, you know, the, the parity in, in, in CUSA uh, with Western Kentucky. Uh, I, I do agree with John on another thing. I think UTEP is, is going to be uh, in the mix again for the, uh, for the conference title this year. Um, you know, they, they bring a ton of guys back too. And, you know, they, they started off really strong last year and, and fizzled out by the end. Um, but, you know, it's uh, – and no one's really given them a, a chance to, you know, repeat at that level again this year. So I would say watch out for them. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the bottom of the league is bad. And, you know, Rice is, you know, borderline unwatchable. And uh, uh, who uh, FIU, I think – I think they returned like one starter on offense for a team that was like one in one in 10 or something like that. So uh, they might be one of the worst teams in college football period, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, UTSA and I'll say UTEP uh, in the title game and uh, UTSA wins outright. It's pretty good predictions. Like I really love the story with UTSA as well. I mean, they were garbage for such a long time, you know, having a nice year last year. I mean, if they're returning most of their team, I don't see a reason why they can't be just as good this coming season. Um, I thought you was so bad, bad. I forgot to mention them when I was talking about the conference. That's so well, incredible. They yeah, were. it's pretty. It's pretty depressing how bad they were. You know, it's like just so useless. Another team like the like, there's so many teams last year. Like players just completely quit on their on the like their coaches and just the programs in general. I think I read a story that you know good state this was there and that they they were like using equipment from like 1995 or something and yeah. it was just it was just a complete mess yeah yeah no doubt um i can offer some quick hitters i and by the way going back to aac i think cincinnati will win the aac again um because i think uh yeah I'm, I'm down with fickle it's conference usa i'm go western kentucky for the east um, I know you got you y'all were down on UAB. Well, I mean, I mean, you're not down. That's that's a little strong. But I will pick UAB for the West. But it's interesting that you were, were saying. I think I think their old coach was like they were they he was. I remember how emotional he got when the UAB was had to shut down the program. Basically, remember that for like a year or so. And then when they came back, it was just such a great it's a great story to see him back. So kind of a bummer that they they're under new management, so to speak. So I don't know if I love my pick there, but Andy, let's go to you and let's get your thoughts on the conference USA too. Yeah, the bottom of the pecking order. That is conference USA. I read a, I read a little preview uh, last week to get prepared for this, um, and the article was like, "So I'm guessing all these games we're gonna watch on ESPN Plus, and the reason why, like." Like, there's no money. Like, money talks, they have none. And none of the other, like, the Sun Belt, the MAC, they don't want to partner with the Conference USA because Conference USA brings nothing to the table. So, a conference like the Sun Belt's like, we already are struggling to make our conference relevant. Like, why bring in this anchor known as the Conference USA? Why are we going to partner with them when they, they're just going to bring us down? We're, we're trying to get to at least, like, get some eyeballs on the screen, like Conference USA, besides us degenerates, like bring zero eyeballs to the screen. But uh, I'm always going to pay attention to it because whether you like it or not, there's going to be at least four 
probably four teams from this conference that are going to end up in a bowl that we're all going to watch and gamble on. So might as well get in, involved in September if they're going to be in the mix in December. And yeah, like Checker, I am still very bitter about that bowl game against, uh, you know, that, that North Texas, I think it was Miami of Ohio or Bowling Green, whatever it was, same team, basically. Uh, bowl game, you know, nine months ago or whatever. But uh, it's a new year. Uh, yeah, nothing to add about UAB because they're loaded uh, on the field, but that coach not being in the mix, they're, they're kind of a wild card. I did write down um, to take take UAB against LSU um, because, and I should have wrote it down, I don't know who LSU played either the week before or the week after, but uh, apparently it could be a potential letdown spot for Brian Kelly. So whenever UAB plays LSU, take UAB. Um, last year, we said as a joke that UTEP UTSA game should have been a game day. You know, they should have had game day that day on campus. They didn't. It would have been fun. I mean, why not? Like ESPN, why don't you take yourselves a little more serious and, you know, give the fans something that they might enjoy from time to time. But uh, yeah, UTSA, uh, like we just mentioned 20 minutes ago, it's too bad they play Houston game one because uh, two disruptors. But um, I did I did write uh, they play at Texas the week after Texas plays Alabama. So Texas <clears throat> might have nothing left after the Alabama game. So you might want to take meet me at Texas. Uh, just like I said, because Texas, if they beat Alabama, which is unlikely, they're going to have like nothing and then if they get killed by alabama you know oh we just played alabama now we're gonna play utsa so i don't know i like utsa in that spot and then um yeah fau bad on both sides of the ball uh willie taggart i'm with john i'm taking i'm taking uh charlotte getting the points against fau in a couple days and then um that's basically it for the for the conference usa oh yeah uh I actually did write ZZZ as a sleeper next to North Texas because of the, uh, although the quarterback played like shit in the bowl game last year, um, the fan base was paying attention to him when he was in the Yankee organization. So uh, I think he still has a little life left in his arm. And as John alluded to, the running backs, you know, it was a running back position by committee last year, but they're all talented. I'm pretty sure they were all freshmen or sophomores. Uh, but all three of them that got significant playing time and touches, they all scored six touchdowns apiece or more, obviously. So um, that is excellent. And so obviously you're like, if one goes down, there's two, two running backs that are very formidable. So I have uh, North Texas's potential sleeper potential in the conference. And uh, yeah, I actually wrote a note about FIU, but you guys already touched upon it. They suck. Anytime you can, you know, they were, place butch davis with mike mcintyre i think mcintyre coached san jose state in colorado back in the day but i'm not positive but i mean fiu and fau both in gator territory like literally gator uh like our friend gator. Palm beach yeah um <laughs> like that like that's just not ideal and i know florida atlantic was like halfway decent one like schlellenberger came back uh and lane kiffin was there like they've fa f AU has had some decent moments and FIU has been to bowl games. Like they should be getting 
Well, it's, I guess it's hard because even FSU and Miami are kind of down, but in uh, all these other schools can poach Florida anyway. But you know, in a perfect world, like those schools should be getting like plenty of local talent to at least get to six or seven wins year after year. Um, but uh, yeah, FIU is very long in the tooth. Uh, I didn't know that story about the uh, 1995 equipment, but that makes a lot of sense why no one wants to, you know, play there. <laughs> and even more tragedy in, a, in another way, um, Kevin just referenced somebody who died the other day, and it was Luke Knox, the uh, the linebacker for FIU, who is yes, the, yeah. Yeah, that's sad. Younger brother of uh, Dawson Knox over from Dawson the Bills. Knox, wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Wow. So, yeah, tough sledding for FIU all the way around. Um, that's Conference USA. Yeah, I mean, you know, what else can you say? <laughs> as you said, not as, you know, not they don't get the eyeballs that the other conferences do. But uh, we segue to another conference that does get them, the MAC. The term MACTION has really trended in recent years. But... I, I mean, it's an interesting conference because I just view it as a conference that tends to cannibalize itself a lot. I mean, we've seen, we look like everybody here is almost the same, is projected to finish with roughly the same record this year, particularly so in the West Division. Um, last year, I believe Northern Illinois won the conference. Toledo's definitely right there. And then um, you look at, on in the East, you're looking at Miami and Kent State. So, um, you know, you're always going to have close games. You're going to have high-scoring games a lot in the MAC. I don't see anything really that changes that. Uh, the one team that's really down, and it's kind of funny how a Leopold has just kind of moved on, or whatever else has happened, and they have just fallen off a cliff. They are four. They're they are projected to go four and eight this year. And you guys mentioned Ohio. They are going to be terrible. So it's just it's just a weird scenario. So a lot of teams are down, but others are kind of rising. So. Uh, John, let's give it to you first. Let's get your thoughts on the Mac. Yeah, Mac should gotta love it. Um, oh yeah. You know, compare them to like Conference USA. I think Conference USA might just be on streaming only next year with that lineup lineup of teams. Whereas the Mac is, you know, they get their Tuesday and Wednesday nights in November. But yeah, you couldn't get a more like contrasted divisions here um, between the East and the West and the Mac. I mean, the Mac East is just. It's just dreadful. Um, you know, the six teams, Akron, Bowling Green, Buffalo, Kent State, Miami, Ohio, and Ohio. And you just mentioned it, Dave. There's only a couple that's worth anything. Um, although I did, we didn't mention it last night. I think Akron getting Joe Moorhead is a huge get for that conference. I don't know if they'll completely turn it around just for one year because they still have to have, they have all the – or a lot of the, the players from the last few years that, you know, they're just a, a really poor team. Um, but he brought in a lot of uh, transfers, some power five transfers. And I think he'll get things turned around, but I think it's going to take a couple of years. But in, I'd say in two years, um, Akron will be either bowling or, or contending in the, you know, for the uh, the, the, the division title. Um, bowling Green has a, a ton of returning starters. They have like nine on offense and eight on defense. Uh, you know, Matt McDonald, their, their quarterback, top three receivers, their leading running back, four offensive line starters. The problem is their offense was one of the worst in the country. It was like 120th. They just couldn't score at all. Their defense was surprisingly good. Uh, I don't know how that's going to help them this year. I think their offense is still going to be poor, so I can't pick them to win the division. Um, you're right about Buffalo, Dave. Um, you know, they're very, very down. Their quarterback, uh, Van Trees, transferred out. Um, I believe he went He went to another group of five school. The name escapes me right now. I want to say maybe he went to Georgia Southern. I have to look that up. Yeah, I think it's Georgia Southern. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 Exactly. Um, but I did read that Buffalo had like one of its best recruiting classes ever. So maybe going forward, they can be a factor, but I don't see it this year. Um, I think they're going to be, they're going to be pretty, pretty down. Um, so that lead in Ohio is just a mess. Uh, after Solich departed, uh, uh, Nathan Rourke's brother is the quarterback, Curtis Rourke, but there's just not much happening. And I think just Solich leading was a huge, a huge hit. So it's going to come down to Kent State and Miami, Ohio. And Kent State, you know, they have the the, the whiz kid, uh, Sean Lewis, as their coach. And you know how, um, you know, they put up all these points with, with Dustin Crum. But, I mean, they, they're a team that would play games like 55 to 50 because their, their defense is just horrible. If they can get anything out of defense, out of their defense, I think they'll they'll win the division um, because I think their their scheme is is pretty good on offense. And I think uh, Colin Shealy is set to take over. And I think they can just – it'll be a seamless transition um, because the offense is the same. He's been backing up Crumb, so I think that'll be fine. Um, and obviously their, their main competition is Miami, Ohio with – uh, Brett Gabbert, who's, again, it seems like he's been there forever. Um, but, you know, the defense is pretty average. Um, you know, they have four starters back on the offensive line. I'm not a fan of their coach, Chuck Martin. Um, but, you know, compared to the other teams in the division, they're they're pretty much ahead of, of all of them. So it's a battle between Kent and Miami, Ohio. And I'll just take a chance and say that Kent will um, get over the top. They'll get a little more play out of their defense and they'll win the division. You know, the, the very more interesting division is the West division. Um, you know, Northern Illinois won it last year, but they had so many fluky wins. I think it was like five or six wins by three points or less. It was crazy. Uh, Rocky Lombardi, favorites, which I, uh, his name escapes me, but he was like the freshman of the year. He transferred to Memphis. So that's a huge loss. And their defense was pretty bad. You know, they had a lot of starters returning on defense, but it was like over a hundredth in the country. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's not really what you want. Um, so I don't think they're going to win it this year. I think it's going to come down to um, Toledo and uh, um, sorry, Toledo and central Michigan. And, uh, you know, we'll get to them in a moment, but some of these other teams, um, you know, Western Michigan, Western Michigan is going to be down. They lost so many people, players from last year, you know, Sky Moore was a, pick, a draft pick from the chiefs. Um, they do have some pretty good running backs, but I think they lost way too much to be, um, competitive for this year. Um, you know, Ball State is just kind of a blah team. They do have some returning starters on their offensive line and at running back, but um, I'm not a fan of them. Um, so, you know, Eastern Michigan, they're they're always a, a tough team, but they had, they're not really good on the on the trenches between the offensive and defensive line. Um, but they'll, they'll kind of scrape out like their six wins. Um, they have a transfer from uh, Troy, uh, going to be playing quarterback Taylor Powell. I think he might have been at Missouri too before, but you know they're they're not. I don't think they're they can compete with these top teams. But so the two teams here are Central Michigan and um, Toledo. Uh, Central Michigan, McElwain's done a, a really good job at Central Michigan. I mean they've won bowl games. Like the first year they were coming off like a one and eleven year, and they had them like bowling. Um, so they should have a pretty explosive offense. Daniel Richardson returns at quarterback. The running back, Lee, uh, Lou Nichols, led the country in rushing. Um, and they returned Kobe Lewis, another running back who was hurt last year, but he he had like a 1,000 yards the year before. So um, they're going to have a good offense. The one thing that you need to be concerned about is they have two tackles that were went to the NFL. So um, you have to watch out for that. Um, so I think it's between them and Toledo. And if Toledo can't win it this year, though, I mean, it's a shame on them. 
Um, Jaquan Finn returns at quarterback. He had 27 total touchdowns last year, four starters on the offensive line. Um, but their defense uh, should be uh, excellent. Uh, they, had, they led the MAC last year and returned five all-conference players. Um, and every loss they had last year was by less than a touchdown. If you remember, they were in Notre Dame last year, and they really should have won uh, the game at, at South Bend. So they're a solid team. I think their coaching holds them back sometimes. But I think this is their year. If it's not this year, they're, they're never going to win it. So we'll go Toledo in the uh, MAC West, and then we'll go Kent State in the MAC East. So some good action is on, on tap, as always, for this season. As always, a lot of juice, a lot of great games, a lot of close games, overtime games. It's a really fun time. Interestingly, John, your picks are exactly the same as mine. I also have Kent State for the East and Toledo for the West. Very interesting. So let's go to Ron. Let's get your thoughts on on the action. Yeah, you know, you know, just for the the conference overall. I mean, and and I don't know who the uh, commissioner of the MAC is, or you know, was you know the the past decade or so. But I mean, they are in such a good spot um, as a conference, you know, because you know they have their niche, obviously, with the MAC on Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Um, no other conference tries to poach their teams. You never hear about, you know, uh, any MAC teams getting, you know, you know, looked at it for CUSA or uh, the AAC or anything like that. So they, they, they know what they do right. They do it right. Um, and, like, they're a, a conference that could, you know, essentially take their TV package and, you know, make a ton of money off of it because, you know, they do bring eyeballs to the – uh, to the TVs on, on the Tuesdays and Wednesdays in November. It was a brilliant move by uh, whoever was in charge of the league back in the day to, you know, put the games on those days. Uh, I'm not sure if it was like an ESPN, you know, initiated move or what, but it, it's brilliant. And, uh, you know, we love watching it and, uh, you know, we always get in the mix. Um, but as far as the, the, the play overall, um, you know, it's it's every team is is in the mix here. Uh, they they really are. Uh, and, and when you think about it, last year Northern Illinois was supposed to be one of the worst teams in the conference. Uh, their their coach uh, Thomas Hammond was or Hammock was uh, you know he had one foot out the door. He they, they were getting ready to fire him even you know at the the beginning of the season last year, and all of a sudden they go on a run and win the conference. So I I, I mean I think every team in this conference has a, a legitimate chance to. Uh, you know, get the seven or eight wins and, and win their uh, division and, and make the MAC title game. And I, I guess that's the fun part of uh, of the conference itself. Um, but I do agree. Uh, I think Toledo is the most talented team um, in uh, in the West. I think Miami Ohio is the most talented team in the East with uh, Brett Cabot, like like John mentioned. And uh, those two teams. Uh, so Toledo lost three MAC games last year by a combined eight points. Uh, Miami, Ohio lost three MAC games last year by a total combined four points. Um, so you know you figure if those they they two of those games go the other way this year, uh, you know they should be both uh, markedly better. Um, so I, I do like those two teams at the top. Uh, DeQuan Finn, the quarterback for Toledo, is. Really fun to watch. I'm surprised that uh, a, a Power Five team didn't try to poach him away, uh, which is another issue that the the MAC is facing now. Is it seems like they've become a, a feeder system to the Power Five. I mean, every time 
you know, an offensive lineman excels, a quarterback excels, a skill position player excels. It seems like they're getting plucked out uh, and transferring. So, um, you know, credit, I guess, to the teams that can can keep their guys together. But that does seem like it's uh, becoming a uh, a bigger and bigger issue. I, I, I know the Toledo coach mentioned that this offseason that, um, you know, they he wants something to change about that. So uh, just another interesting thing to watch. Um, as far as the other teams, I mean, the West, like John said, the West is stacked. Uh, I think last year all the West teams made a bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could see the same thing happening this year. I think Eastern Michigan, if they can find a uh, – and I, I know John mentioned, I think Powell is the kid's name. But they return a, a, a ton of players. I think they could be a, a sleeper pick in the MAC. Um Western Michigan, like John said, uh, you know, they lost uh, Sky Moore. Their quarterback, who was a sophomore, for some reason decided to to put his name in the NFL draft, goes undrafted. I don't even know if he's on a roster right now. Uh, but he was he was good at, at Western Michigan the past two years. But, I mean, that really puts a, a, a hit on them this year. Uh, so they might be a little bit down, but uh, you never know with them. And, Central Michigan, um, you know, they got Richardson, the, the quarterback coming back. They should be, you know, pretty decent this year. So, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, every team in the West has a chance to make a bowl game. Uh, but in the end, I'll say it's going to be Toledo and Miami, Ohio. And uh, just based on talent, I'll say Toledo wins the conference. All right, John. I mean, Ron, thank you very much for breaking that all down. So you have Toledo winning the conference. Let's go to Andy and let's see what your what your thoughts are on the Mac. Let's see if your prediction mirrors John or Ron's. Yeah, I don't I don't really have any like super predictions per se. I I mean I, I love the Mac. I mean the first world problem about Maction on weeknights um, is sometimes like they don't stagger the games. Like there's instances where there's like three Maction games on the, either Tuesday night or Wednesday night. And two of them will start at, let's say, 7 o'clock east, 4 o'clock our time, Dave. You know, one on ESPN, one on ESPNU. And then the next game will start at 7.30 on the east, 4.30 for us on ESPN2. And it's like, start one of those games on, like, at 9 o'clock on the east and 6 o'clock our time. So we can have a little, you know, so they're not all on at the same time. But to be a captain, no fun like, how many people are actually watching like all three Mac games anyway? Like, but we like we are like I'm texting John every Tuesday or Wednesday in November. Be like, who do you like? And like, I don't I haven't done my research yet. Like, they're both four and four. But like, but it's just like it's just it's just fun. Like, as Ron said, is like as you guys all said, like whoever made this decision all those years ago is like they thought outside the box. They probably got laughed at. Um, but the conference never really t- takes themselves that serious. Like they know their brand of football is never going to be at the same level as a power five conference, uh, but they still have good players. Like they still have stars that go to the league um, and it's inventory and people are going to watch and they've just kind of embraced their role. Like, you know, other, like if it was a bunch of sensitive people, they'd be like, no, like why are you, Maxon sounds derogatory. Like you're, you're like making fun of our conference, but I mean, it's, it's November. Usually like the weather's kind of bad. There's like 
snaps are going over punters' heads. Like, it's that's just part of the whole experience, and we're all gonna embrace it. And it's like you know, Thanksgiving's around the corner. You know, when you that first Tuesday when there's a couple of matching games on, it's like okay, like we're here. Like fall is like definitely like in full swing. But uh, anyway, back to the actual teams. Um, the other thing that makes it so hard to predict is like there's no depth for these teams. Like, you know, like because it's a lower lower level of competition. So like you take special teams for instance, like a. People on special teams at Ohio State are like really good players. Like if you're special teams in the MAC, like you're not that good. Let's be honest. Like you're special teams for the MAC. But uh, and so there's just so much uncertainty uh, in those instances. That's why you see a lot of muff punts and like just sloppy loafs and missed kicks. Again, it's all part. You know, betters beware when you're when you're trying to handicap the MAC. But uh, yeah, like Toledo is probably head and shoulders above everyone on paper like the glass bowl they've always had a good reputation as being a very good team at home uh and as the, as the other guys mentioned the con finn he's like the king of the mac he's a all-purpose quarterback a lot of touchdowns so as he goes toledo goes and um you know as john mentioned with northern illinois like they've like long term they're probably like Kind of like the Boise State of that conference, but last year they they won a bunch of coin flip games. Uh, they weren't supposed to be that good, but they ended up, you know, going as far as they could basically to the conference championship game, I believe. Um, but you know, they're always going to be like a, a team to keep an eye on, just because when no one was really paying attention to the MAC, it was always Northern Illinois that was like going to that whatever the Continental Tire Bowl or whatever it was, you know when. Like Francesco always said, I remember when no team from the MAC went to bowl games. Now five teams from the MAC go to bowl games. So, like when the MAC was only getting a couple of bowl teams a year, like Northern Illinois was one of them. Um, and yeah, Central Michigan. Yeah, McIntyre's. You know, he's not at Florida anymore. He's not. He's not. Uh, you know, spooning next to sharks anymore. He's just getting the job done at Central Michigan. Um, they got. The other guys mentioned it too, Daniel Richardson. I read, I heard this on a podcast last week. Like, he's like, if a bowling ball was a quarterback, it would be Daniel Richardson. He's kind of like, he kind of got like a larger than life body image. But, uh, you know, he's fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it from the uh, the Western side of things. Uh, in terms of the East, yeah, echoing my thoughts, uh, I feel like, Blaine Gabbert's brother's been at my Miami for forever. Um, and then Kent state, uh, I'll probably take them against the Huskies like a clown. Um, thing about Kent state, did you, you look at their out of conference schedule? It's at Washington, at Georgia, at Oklahoma. Think about how many, like how beat up they're going to be with those three, three games, like how out physical they're going to be. But also think about like, how much money they got paid for those three games that basically like subsidizes, like takes care of that whole athletic budget, I'm guessing. So, uh, you know, good for Kent state. And then, yeah, once they take their beatings against those teams, then they can settle down in conference play and potentially get to, you know, the Mac conference championship game and, you know, we'll see what happens, but yeah, they're Kent state, usually offense, good defense, bad. Um, 
but there's just so much uncertainty. I don't, I didn't take any notes on Ohio, Buffalo, Bowling Green, uh, Akron, as those guys mentioned, Joe Moorhead. Good for him. I mean, um, you know, he's had experience with big programs, division one programs in the sec and uh, some other coaches would probably think they're, you know, let their ego get in the way and be like, you know, I'm, I'm too, I'm too good for the Mac, but you know, now he has a chance to kind of, you know, get his, you know, fingerprints, get his character and culture into that program and maybe they'll thrive by, you know, by year three, you know, those schools are going to have a lot more patience for a head coach than a school in the big 10 or the sec. So um, yeah, with the Mac, you never know. The the conference champions probably going to be seven and five because they're not going to do that well with their out of conference games in September, because a lot of those schools are taking paychecks to basically be a, a doormat for a school out of the big 10 or the SEC. Right on, yeah. I mean, but it's always good juice in the moment, isn't it? So, um, thank you for your recap as well, uh, for your uh, predictions as well, Andy. Um, so now we move toward the Mountain West, where I think things are pretty good here too. I think this is a really good conference, and I just feel like there's a level of credibility with this conference that doesn't really uh, that. <clears throat> Kind of makes it really one of the better teams in the uh, in the group of five. So let's go to John first. Let's get your preview of the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, some good football here. Um, they're going to be in a good position if the Pac-12 like completely dissolves because they may be able to. I mean, it's really sad to say, but they may be able to add like Cal or Stanford or some teams like that to their conference um, because you know they're going to be in a good good position to negotiate basically. But yeah. Uh, there's a pretty big discrepancy here between like the top teams and like the bottom feeder teams, but um, the top teams are pretty good. So we'll, we'll start in the, the uh, mountain division um, and we'll mention the bottom teams first. I mean, we don't even need to say anything about New Mexico, just a hideous, hideous offense. I think they averaged like 14 points a game last year. Another scenario where you have Danny Gonzalez, who's like a career defensive coordinator and Rocky long, the longtime coach for San Diego State is the defensive coordinator. It's like there's no one there to do offense and they just can't score. So they're going to be hideous. Um, there's a, a mass exodus of players at Wyoming. I mean, both of their quarterbacks from last year, um, Levi Williams and Sean Chambers, both transferred. They had uh, Zayvon Valley, their running back, transferred to Arizona State. Uh, Isaiah Nair transferred to Texas or the wide receiver. So I don't know what's going on there with Craig Bull, but um, it's going to be a tough scene for them uh their defense should always be is usually pretty solid but they couldn't score as is last year i don't know how they're going to score this year so those are two teams that are going to be pretty uh pretty rough um you know colorado state starts over with uh, jay norvell we mentioned last night um him coming over from nevada and he brought a shit ton of players with him uh, and just really just decimated the nevada roster and i think they'll they're probably going to be a bowl team this year um but he's going to need a year or two to really get his players into place but I think that was a good hire by Colorado State. They actually just named Clay Millen on their starting quarterback uh, not too long ago. Um, so really, the, the the Mountain Division is going to come down to three teams. It's going to be either Utah State, Boise State, or Air Force. Um, Utah State is a pretty dynamic offense. They really came out of nowhere last year to win the conference. Uh, Logan Bonner returns at quarterback. He, he loses some of his receivers, but they brought in power five transfers from Maryland um, and Alabama. 
Um, you know, the defense was, was okay. I think they overachieved a little bit last year. Uh, Blake Anderson did a really nice job uh, in his first season. But I would say they're maybe just a little step below the top two teams. Um, but, you know, they're right there. They're better than the other teams in the division. I think they're going to be a bold team. But I think the two teams here that you want to focus on are Boise State and Air Force. And I will say I am all in on Air Force. Um, you know, Hazik Daniels returns. Uh, Brad Roberts is like the, the fullback, like slot back position. You rush for 1,300 yards. And they have other backs that combine for like 1,400. They have almost all their starters returning on the offensive line. Uh, their defense was tremendous last year. They finished like fourth overall on yards per game uh, in 2021. I, I just really like this team. They're, they're, they're no pushover, number one. Like, you know they're going to show up in every single game. And uh, they just, you know, their style of play is just so tough to, to defend. And um, I think there's question marks with Boise. You know, you do have Bachmeyer returning. But a huge loss is Khalil Shakur, who went to the Buffalo Bills. He got drafted. Like, he was one of their, their biggest playmakers. Um, and they're just their offensive line is a question mark as, as well. Like, uh, they could not protect Bachmeyer as well last uh, at all last year. Um, their defense is solid, especially their pass defense. You know, they had a lot of, like, um, you know, uh, interceptions and sacks and, and whatnot. But I think Air Force is the, uh, the team to beat here, especially because they get Boise State at home. Um, and I think that's that's going to be key. So um, I'm going to go with Air Force to win the West. I'm sorry, the Mountain Division. And um, I'll get to them in a minute. Uh, San Diego State and um, Fresno State. But I'll mention a couple of the other teams here. Um, I think UNLV is going to be improved. Uh, they have Harrison Bailey, former Tennessee player, a five-star recruit coming in to play quarterback. Um, you know, uh, I don't really kind of held back, you know, Mariota and Herbert and all those guys, but, um, you know, they should be a little bit better, especially compared to some of the other teams in this division, you know, Hawaii and Nevada are both just like completely gutted. You know, we talked about players, uh, leaving Nevada for, um, you know, for Colorado state with their coach. And they just, uh, I, I read that they're going to be starting and, coach who's like been around the program for a long time coming in Ken Wilson, but I don't know if that's going to really going to work out for them. And then same in Hawaii after the abuse that Todd Graham gave to all of his players, they bring in Timmy Chang, um, former quarterback. All you guys remember him, but it's going to take a while. They just lost. So we're going to make Vanderbilt uh, one of our better bets this weekend um, at the playing of the islands. Um, so, yeah, you're going to have uh, San Diego State and Fresno are your two teams. Um, Jeff Tedford's back at Fresno. Jake Hayner flirted with going to Washington, but he's back with their top two receivers. Um, they have a, a dynamic running back returning. Uh, their defense is pretty good. They're just a solid overall team. Uh, the question always with San Diego State is their offense, which is, you know, they usually just win with their, their just tremendous defense. Um, they do lose some starters. Um, but you know, and they also lose their punter, which was, he was like, played a huge role in like field position for them and, and being able to control the ball with their running game and their defense. Uh, they actually do bring in an interesting quarterback transfer, Braxton Burmeister, who was at Vatech, but I feel like he might be better off or better than some of the, the quarterbacks they've had, uh, at San Diego state in recent years. So I think that could work out for them. Um, but yeah. It's the conference title game. I'm going to go Fresno just because they get 
San Diego State at home. And I think there's more continuity, even with DeBoer leaving, like Tedford recruited a number of these players because he had was just talking, um, you know, he still has, uh, you know, he recruited a lot of these guys. So uh, that's kind of the, the breakdown of the um, Mountain West. I'm going to go Air Force Fresno as my Saw predictions uh, for both of those, uh, John. It's always tough to like get around the idea that Boise State won't win that Mountain Division, but you know, you should. There's nothing. There's no requirement to be loyal to Boise State. Like, why? Like, are they even that great? Like, I think it's a good call. So, all right. So then, one other thing about Vanderbilt, Hawaii. It is really interesting to see them as a favorite on the road like that. But honestly. I, I kind of I'm I think I'm with you, John. I I think you're leaning toward Vanderbilt in that sport point spread scenario. We're already locked in on Vanderbilt. Oh, oh yeah, wow. Hawaii. Like I said, like, yeah, they're yeah. just decimated. Yeah. Their offense, defensive line is just around by Vanderbilt, and it's at the line went from like three. It's like almost ten now. I think that might yeah. be a little too much. I got it. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I saw six and a half. I think uh, earlier in the week, and they went to eight. It's up to yeah, like you said. I think you said nine. Yeah. It's like I, I completely agree. Like Hawaii is not going to be able to handle handle the physicality of Vanderbilt. So uh, let's go to Ron. Let's get your thoughts on the Mountain West. Yeah, I, I got in at six and a half, and uh, I mean I love that spot. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, an SEC SEC team on the road against uh, Hawaii, you know, is just it's easy pickings, especially like like John said, Hawaii. I think at the end of last year, like when everything was going on with the, with the, the coaching staff there, I, I think they lost like, man, I want to say like 18 or 19 guys in like the transfer portal, um, you know, and, and like contributors, like, like guys who played. So, uh, you know, they might be bad for like, you know, uh, a few years, like really bad. So, uh, but, uh, you know, John's spot on, and I agree uh, a thousand percent. I'm all in on Air Force this year. Um, you know, Hazik Daniels and, and Brad Roberts, great offensive combination with the offense that they run. Uh, their defense was top five in the nation last year. So, uh, you know, they're legit on that side of the ball, too. They didn't lose a lot of guys. I love Air Force this year. Uh, I really do. Um, I, I like Fresno State in the uh, – in, in the West division, um, you know, for the reasons that John said, like they just have more uh, Jake Hayner, you know, came back. Uh, they just have more stability than San Diego state who should be good. Um, and, and I, I do, I like the, the Burmeister move there. Um, I, I think he, he can, he's going to fit that offense. Well, uh, if, if you watch, I'm sure we watched a ton of games of him at uh, Virginia tech. He was, you know, uh, a run first quarterback. So, I think he's going to fit in with what San Diego state does. Um, you know, San Jose state who, you know, we were a big San Jose state, you know, fans two years ago. Uh, and it kind of paid off. Like they, uh, you know, they, they came out of nowhere a little bit and, and Brett Brennan, the coach there uh, took them to a bowl game, took them. I think, I think they made the WAC conference title game that year. Uh, and there was high expectations last year and they kind of like tailed off. Um, and they lost uh, Nick Starkle, who was uh, the quarterback. But uh, they actually benefited from the Hawaii um, dissension because they got uh, Chevin Cordero, the Hawaii quarterback, 
so they might, you know, I, I'm thinking that they're better. They're going to be better this year than they were last year and uh, should be in a bowl game uh, and should be, you know, one of the top teams in the West. Um, you know, so the mountain division, I like air force. I, I, I agree with you guys. I think Boise's overrated. I think Boise at this point in their, uh, program or, uh, you know, they're making their name off of, you know, what they did 10 years ago. Uh, so every year we, you know, we think of Boise is going to be, you know, maybe they're going to be in a new year six bowl again. And, you know, it just never works out. And, uh, even, uh, Hank, uh, Bachmeyer, who did the quarterback, like he came in with a ton of expectations. Everybody thought he was going to be, uh, you know, this next great, uh, you know, non power five quarterback. And, uh, he really hasn't played that well the past couple of seasons. So I'm down on Boise. I, I think they'll still be a bowl team, but, uh, you know, nothing special. Um, and the other team in the, the mountain division, I, I really do think that the Norval hire and the transfers that he took from Nevada, um, can turn Colorado state around quickly. So, uh, you know, I, I do, I think they can be a bowl team. I think they could surprise a lot of people this year. Um, and, uh, and, and I think they can, uh, you know, probably be second in that, in that division behind the air force. Um, and I know I'm all, all over the place, but, uh, you know, going back to the West Nevada, uh, you know, I know they got decimated by, uh, the, the transfers, uh, and Norvell leaving, but, uh, they bought in uh, Shane Illingsworth, uh, who was uh, the quarterback at Oklahoma State. Um, you know, I think he was a four or five star recruit from California, went to Oklahoma State and, uh, you know, played when Spencer Sanders got hurt, played well, but uh, uh, didn't didn't keep the job. And he transferred to Nevada and they kind of haven't heard anything about him. Uh, so if he wins the starting job, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can elevate Nevada a little bit and, uh uh, maybe they won't be as bad as we think they they're going to be, but uh, that's something to watch. But uh, yeah, that's my my overall thoughts on the conference. I'm going to go checker on a checker, Air Force and Fresno State, and I'll say uh, Air Force wins the conference. Yeah, I like it. I like it, Ron. I like it. I like that. It's interesting that they can win a conference like that with basically an option with like a triple option, but it's been so successful for the last three years, and I I, I love it. And speaking of Air Force. Um, Junkman says that Air Force plays Army at Globe Life Field. That's right up your Mongo's alley. I agree. I am looking forward to that game. And I'll tell you this, I bet you the over-under is going to be like 38, and I'm going to take the under. I mean, whenever we get to that game, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a fun game to track. So, um, Andy, you, Andy, you know, the, the one thing, Dave, oh. about, uh, Army, and we, we didn't really, I, I didn't touch on it, uh, yesterday, but mm-hmm. Army, uh, has a defensive end, Andre Carter, who uh, they're already talking about is uh, possibly like a top 15 pick next year in the draft. Uh, you know, first time in like I, probably 50 years that um, a player from one of the uh, the military schools is, is that highly thought of. I think he's like 6'7", 6'8". He had like 15 sacks last year. So something to keep an eye on. And then I agree with the Junkman, Air Force and Army is going to be a, a a juicy game to to get into. The thing about it is, is that you know, in all seriousness, every game between two service academies winds up being a good game. You know, regardless of like the score, like it ends up being a close game. So I'm always happy to see that. So Andy, um, I see Andy's a little occupied with something, but I do have we do have this question from Kevin, 
which says, how can I get into this gambling scenario in Massachusetts? And don't say drive to Foxwoods, Andy. My fan duel only allows horse racing. And then uh, let's get your thoughts on the Mountain West. Well, I think those guys, Checker can probably confirm, like, they just passed the vote uh, in Massachusetts, like, a couple of weeks ago. I think they were, like, they were all in, you know, till three in the morning trying to get it passed. And so I think it's only a matter of time before you're able to uh, bet online or go to the, uh, I don't know where Junkman lives, like specifically, maybe he's probably still on the Cape, but uh, they might not want to drive all the way to Everett, Massachusetts to the casino, but there should be online ability. Like it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And uh, if they have their druthers, they'd want it done like, right around the start of NFL season. So soon, Junkman, very soon. And so you won't have to go to Mohegan or Foxwoods. So you should. <laughs> you should go to Foxwoods and Mohegan every now and then. But uh, yeah. but anyway, the Mountain uh, Mountain West, yeah, I'm a checker on a checker with all you guys. I think it's going to be Fresno State and Air Force. I'm just never been a Boise guy. I'm sick of Boise. Oh, this is the last year there's going to be divisions next year. There'll be no more mountain and West. So um, I feel like that's good because like Boise States had that monopoly in that division for a while. And there's always been like in previous years, you know, Fresno state and San Diego state, only one of them get to go, you know, Fresno state, San Jose state, only one of them get to go. Remember San Jose state had a couple of years of magic in the last decade or so, but you, you get the idea. Um, it'll free up some more potential combinations um, for teams. And, uh, yeah, like Hank Bachmeyer feels like he's been there forever, um, just done with them. Like, they're good, and they've been the darlings of that conference historically for years, but I'm ready for some new blood. And as those other guys have mentioned, Air Force is right there, um, 11 starters back on defense, the, the quarterback – Isaac Daniels, they're they're gonna have a show, and uh, I want to see them win as many games in a row as possible. Take care of business against the service academies, because David, like as you said, like they're always close. You know, there's so much familiarity. You know, they kind of run the same system, obviously a triple option hybrid. Uh, so yeah, like those games will be tough, but uh, give me Air Force out of that uh, side of the the conference and. Yeah, Utah State was fun to watch, as we all know. We were big Utah State mongos. Uh, they were animals covering against the spread. Uh, and then they also beat Oregon State in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl uh, as, as, as underdogs. So they're, they're getting their quarterback back. Um, you know, we'll probably take UConn against them week one, and they're, probably gonna, they're definitely going to get killed by Alabama. But – you know, that's that's September when they get in conference play, then we can get serious with them. And uh, yeah, they're going to they're going to be pesky. And obviously that their game against Air Force is going to mean a lot for uh, division and conference implications. Um, yeah, Colorado State, I think Norvell's going to need a couple years to get his uh, equilibrium over there. I'll never forget Ron and John talking about how Colorado State 
has like the best facilities in the nation. Um, and to break in this new facility, they had the, the Ooga Booga BC coach and they were like, this is not going to fly. And sure enough, the Ooga Booga BC coach is no longer there. And Norvell's had a, you know, a few very good seasons at Nevada. He was getting entertained by schools like Washington state. And uh, yeah, this is a good move for, for him. You know, it's still the mountain West. It's not the PAC 12, but you could also argue that um, mountain West doesn't really care about their reputation or the, or the PAC 12s. And, you know, there's teams that are, you might, you might rather be a coach in the PAC in, in the mountain West and the PAC 12 anyway, with all that moving and shaking going on. So, so good for, good for Jay. We'll see what happens. As John mentioned, he, he basically took like a whole caravan of Nevada players with him. So um, we'll see how seamless the transition is. Um, it'll be better than Colorado in that, you know, when they go to Colorado, Colorado State game. But uh, yeah, they are probably a year away from actually competing in the division. But yeah, good, good job by them. As John mentioned, Wyoming is in shambles. Uh, sorry, Dan, tell us. Uh, Craig Bull might be an antique when all said and done. Uh, his style of just run it on first down, run it on second down, run it on third down, even with Josh Allen, it just might be just might be done. Um, they they have I don't know who's going to be their quarterback. Probably that Utah State transfer. Um, I don't know. Their quarterbacks left for Utah State and Montana State respectively. So. This seems like there's some bad vibes going on in Wyoming, so uh, we'll see what happens. And yeah, New Mexico is just an absolute basement dweller. You got, you got a feel for Rocky Long after all he did for San Diego State, and now he's a defensive coordinator for a uh, New Mexico team that might be one of the worst, you know, teams in the in the country. And I texted John about a week ago, like I might take Maine against New Mexico. Talk about an absolute degenerate game, but uh, I might. I, I'm guessing Maine will probably be a slight underdog. I'll take them against New Mexico. Why not? Um, you got you got to have something better to do than bet, bet Maine New Mexico, but maybe we don't. <laughs> and then yeah, for the West, yeah, I'm I'm all in on Jay Kaner and Tedford and uh, Mims. Or I think it's Mims. I don't know. They uh, yeah, Jordan Mims. They're, they're just loaded offensively. I read to take the over, Dave, when it's a Fresno State, USC. I don't know if that's week one or week two, but um, take the over in the USC-Fresno State game, even if it's like 75. Because uh, I think last year it was like 78, whatever the final score was. But uh, defense will be an afterthought in that game. And uh, you could argue that Tedford might be a better fit than DeBoer, but I don't know. Tedford, Tedford's been good for them, and Tedford, I think, will be good for them, and they're going to get one more really good year out of Jake, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a soft schedule. That USC game's not going to make a difference to them in the conference, so right. um, Fresno State, me guys. Uh, San Diego State, yeah, I agree with those guys. I think Burmeister, you know, quarterback, Quarterbacks from San Diego State's never really been like a important, like never moves the needle. If you're a quarterback from San Diego State, you're just like hand the ball off, don't be a complete moron. Um, and now with Burmeister, they might 
you know, give them a little wrinkle. Um, but they have a tough schedule. They go at Fresno and at Boise. So uh, that might be a little tough for them to compete with Fresno State from that standpoint. And then, uh, like these guys mentioned, San Jose State has the uh, transfer from Hawaii, Cordero. Um, Nevada's going to suck. Hawaii, yeah, new system, new coach, a stadium that holds about 9,000 people. And uh, they're just in for some lean years. That whole, like, you know, the whole adage of bet Hawaii at home at you know, 11 o'clock on the East Coast Saturday night, last show in town, that, that cliche is just out the window because they're, they're not going to throw the ball very well and no one's going to beat those ball games. And, yeah, I remember when the whole um, Todd Graham situation was going down, like the hearings and all the innuendo about how he just, like, he was just a complete not a good fit from the from the get-go. Um, and it all kind of came to light during those hearings. And, you know, when 18 players leave in one fell swoop, like, just they're not on a – they're, yeah, they're on a downward trajectory. So as good as as much as a folk hero Timmy Chang is, and he might eventually be able to get that program in the right direction, um, feast on them now while you can, and, and just you might want to fade them as many times as possible. Yeah, I talk about uh, you know going stepping back a little bit to San Diego State. I mean that's another team where I just don't see the offense. I didn't see it last year either. They don't even have the punter to, to, to there. So there's really nothing to really to really watch on that team this, these days. So um, um, Kevin says in the chat, hand the ball off. Don't be a moron. Line of the show. Words to live by. And so for some teams, that is the way to that is the way of the world. So uh, thanks, Andy, for the uh, rundown. Uh, now we're down to one conference uh, from our uh, FBS level, the Sun Belt, which uh, had a real darling from the conference last year. Coastal Carolina was really the story. They were a feel-good story of the year, and then uh, they had the big showdown with BYU. Um, you have App State; they're always a factor. You got Louisiana, who's going to be different this year? Are going to be different, obviously. I mean, Billy Napier's not there anymore, so I'm wondering what they have left, what they'll carry over. For this season with a new coach, so John, let's give it to you and let's get your look at the Sun Belt. Yeah, I think the Sun Belt is really positioning themselves nicely. Um, I think they're going to be the top group of five conference. Once as we mentioned before, with these AAC teams leaving for the Big Twelve, um, the Sun Belt strategically is adding teams, and not just you know the AAC would say, "Oh yeah, we're adding Rice to Houston market." Well, no one gives a shit about rice in houston um the sunbelt actually added like good football programs and, like teams that tend to have good rivalries so they, they they added um old dominion uh, southern miss james madison and marshall this year to the conference and i think all four were very good additions to their the lineup they had um so as for as far as this year there's another conference where there's kind of a stark difference between the two divisions um you have the east division uh, which is very, very strong compared to the West Division. Um, you know, the weakest team in the East is probably, we talked about them already, Georgia Southern, uh, with Clay Helton and, and Kyle Van Trees coming in uh, from Buffalo and just going from that triple option scheme, like a spread passing attack. Like, it, it's, it's not going to go well for them. 
Um, and I actually think they're probably going to finish last in the division. Uh, James Madison's the new, uh, oh, they're another newcomer, um, FCS Powerhouse, making their debut in the FBS. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for them. I know they dominated in the FBS, but it's a little bit different playing a full schedule of FBS games. They have a transfer from Colorado State playing quarterback and some other Power 5 transfers. But I just think it's going to be a tough uh, a tough first year. Um, I mentioned it last night. They're over under a six games. So in order to lose, they have to win seven games. I just don't see that happening. I think they're like a, probably a five and six team. But I think long term, great addition to the conference. And, and a reason why I think they're one of the um, they're going to be the, the top G5. Them in the Mountain West will be battling it out as the top G5 conference um, going forward. Um, the other teams here, um, Old Dominion returns a shitload of starters. Hayden Wolf returns. They had a huge uh, run to the end of their season um, to make a bowl game. So they should be um, pretty strong again. Uh, they might be a, a, a long shot to win this division. But I think really the, the battle here is between um, really uh, four teams. It's App State. Coastal Carolina, um, Georgia State, and Marshall. Although Marshall, uh, their star running back, Rashana Lee, who ran for like over 1,500 yards last year, he is out indefinitely now for like some personal reasons. So I would kind of maybe drop them um, a notch compared to these other teams. Uh, they do have Henry Columbia coming in to play quarterback from Texas Tech. So, um, you know, that's definitely going to help. But I think, you know, losing Ali is huge. They do have three other transfers on the defensive line from like power five schools to kind of stop their problem of, of um, rush defense. But I think now they might be a little bit low these other teams. Um, but, you know, Georgia state also ended the year on a, on a really good note. Darren Granger returns. They have a nice running back duo that uh, retur- that ran for over 1800 yards last year. Um, you know, they have seven players returning on defense like that, that they're a solid team. So I would put them a little bit of a Marshall. Then you have app state and uh, coastal Carolina. Now, Grayson McCall is back for, again, another player who seems like he's been at Coastal forever. They lose a lot of other productions. He's kind of like the last man standing scenario. Um, and he's going to try to take them as far as he can this year. Uh, and I think, you know, they, they do get to host Appalachian State, which is huge. You know, App State is going to be their the perennial kind of favorite in the division. You know, Chase Bryce, uh, we saw him at Duke, like the turnover machine, but he kind of um, limited that last year and was pretty effective. Uh, they're going to run the ball, I and mean, they have a, a running back duo that combined for over 2,000 yards last year, four starters back on the offensive line. Um, they do lose some pieces on defense. They have, have some talent returning. This is just going to be a real close uh, division race. I could see any of App State, Coastal, um, or uh, Georgia State winning this, um, or even like Old Dominion could come out of nowhere. Like Honestly, this is going to be a really competitive conference. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the Sun Belt. Um, so if I have to pick this, um, I'm going to go App State just because of like the more continuity. Um, and, I, and I think, uh, you know, even though they do have to play at Coastal Carolina, I think they're the team that, that, um, that to be in this, in this side of the division. Um, when you look at the other side, completely wide open, um, like you guys said, uh, Louisiana starting over, like, um, you know, Levi Lewis, who had been there forever, like he, he's, he's gone. Um, and of course, Napier, goes to Florida. They have like a, a longtime assistant taking over uh, Michael DeSormo as their new coach. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about this guy. He's just been an assistant at Louisiana. So it's very wide open. They're probably still the most talented team in the division, but who's going to, who's really going to challenge them here? The rest of these teams are just kind of blah. Um, we, I think we mentioned Arkansas state 
just a hideous, hideous defense, like the worst in the country, basically, like giving up 40, 50 points a game last year. I don't know how it's going to be any better. Uh, you know, our old friend Butch Jones, it's not going well for him. Um, and they bring in James Blackman, uh, you know, formerly at Florida State to be quarterback. I, I don't see this working out. So they're not going to be really a challenger. Um, you know, you have some other teams here. Uh, I've, I've seen people high on Southern Miss. I mean, they had a ton of injuries last year. They, they played like a, a wide receiver at quarterback by the end of the year. So maybe once they're healthy, like they're a team that has some talent that they can maybe challenge the, the top of the division. Um, you know, South Alabama and Texas State are just kind of nondescript teams. Although South Alabama had one of the better, surprisingly, a pretty good defense last year. They do lose J- Jalen Tolbert to the NFL, their star wide receiver. But they bring in uh, Carter Bradley from Toledo to play quarterback, and they have some solid company elsewhere. So they could be a sleeper pick um, for sure on this side of the division. Um, as well, Troy has a really good defense. Um, they uh, they were ranked in the top 25, and they have a coach coming over from Kentucky. I think he was a defensive assistant. So they could be a sleeper as well. Th- this is, again, another wide-open division. Um, UL, UL Monroe is not really going to be a factor, although, you know, uh, Bowden did a pretty good job to even win like four games last year. It's like a minor miracle of that program. So I, I don't want to pick Louisiana, but I think it's kind of like the default at this point until someone beats them. Um, I will say like the more I'm looking at like South Alabama or Troy, I think one of those teams could surprise or even Southern Miss, like I said, because they were just so injured last year. But again, a very, very competitive conference. I'm looking forward to watching this. So I'll just be the, the chalk pick and I'll go with Louisiana and App State. But it would not surprise me at all to get any kind of combination as the, the championship game in this conference. John, that really great analysis on your end. Uh, thank you very much for the rundown. You're absolutely right. It is wide open in both con- in both divisions this year. It's like you could pick any of three or four teams in any in either side, and you probably could get it right. Right? I mean, so uh, I like it. Uh, let's go to Ron. And let's get your thoughts on the Sun Belt as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the, you know the the most watchable non Power Five conference. Um, and John's a hundred percent right. I mean, they're uh, positioning themselves to be. Uh, you know, a, a real player, like when everything shakes out, um, you know, with the teams that they added uh, and, and their level of play. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I think like a decade ago, the Sun Belt was like, you know, a laughing stock, uh, you know, and now you look at the teams, uh, they're legit. They really are. Um, and and to, to piggyback off of John, you know, the, the East uh, part of the conference is, uh, is tough. You have App State um, with uh, with the quarterback Bryce. Uh, they got a lot of guys returning. They're good. They're you know they they've been good. Sean Clark, um, you know, was decent last year as, as the coach. You know, so there was no turn. You know, uh, um, turnover there. You know, so uh, App State I think certainly has a shot to to win the uh, that division. Uh, Coastal Carolina, really really fun team to watch. Grace McCall. Uh, you know, I, I keep seeing like they, you know, they're doing like a, a big Heisman campaign for him, trying to make a run of it. Um, you know, so I, I do think they're going to be uh, right up there with App State. I think the the difference between the two teams, uh, App State opens up the year, uh, North Carolina at home, and I love App State in that game. I, I think uh, I think their UNC is is favored by two and a half, uh, but I love. App State outright in that game. Um, 
but they play the next week at Texas A&M. So I forget what team uh, Andy was talking about before, but you you wonder if you know playing those uh, those Power Five teams back to back at the beginning of the year, uh, if that's going to take a toll on uh, on a non Power Five team, um, you know, and to look at Coastal Carolina, I mean, they open up the season against Army and Gardner Webb. So uh, you think maybe they'll have the opposite effect and, and be fresher and they have App State at home this year. Uh, so I, I, I do like App, uh, Coastal Carolina in that, uh, in that division uh, with App State a, a close second. Uh, Georgia State is, should be good. Uh, Marshall uh, should be good as well. Um, but, you know, the big thing, like John said, is, is they lost the heart and their soul to their team with, uh, with uh, Ali uh, not being – uh, able to play this year at running back. Um, I'm really uh, looking forward to see how James Madison, um, you know, comes out and does in their first year uh, in the FBS and uh, and kind of sets the, uh, the you know, the, the standard for the next couple of years because we're going to be having more uh, FCS teams uh, moving in. So uh, I'll, I'll be watching them and, and, you know, interested in what they're doing. Uh, and on the other side, uh, yeah, uh, John is 100% right. I mean, any team could win. Uh, you know, Louisiana and Troy, I think, are the two best teams. Both uh, have uh, new coaching staffs there. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'll give the edge to Troy because of their defense. Uh, their defense is actually really good um, last year, and they re- returned a lot of their, uh, their starters on defense. Uh, so I'll, I'll give the edge to Troy, but, you know, Hundred percent right, John was. I mean, any team could win. Uh, Southern Miss could win. Southern Miss uh, with Frank Gore Jr., uh, who's been a, a workhorse for them the past couple of years. Uh, you know, they they could win that side of the uh, of, of the ball. But I'll say, uh, I'll say, Coastal Carolina and Troy in the uh, championship game, and Coastal Carolina uh, wins the conference. But interesting. I I mean, I, I would say it's bold, but it's obviously not. I mean, Coastal was awesome last year, so. Ron, a very, very solid pick. I mean, like I said, there's no wrong pick, but it's interesting that you've got the confidence for them to repeat the magic. That's, that's pretty cool. I guess it just speaks to the coaching and everything else. So uh, let's go to Andy. And, you, and you, what are your thoughts on the Sun Belt this year? Yeah, um, just kind of echoing what, what those guys have already said. It's obviously uh, one division is on the moon compared to the other one. Um, we were just – we were joking with Ron a couple of days ago on the board. Like I'd love to take odds on Mike referencing Chase Bryce on Twitter. And a bunch <laughs> of people be like, Mike, you don't, you, you don't know that guy. <laughs> or, like, or if he had a show and he mentions him and Mike doesn't watch the games. He doesn't know the players, but <laughs> yeah, like he, uh, he's basically turned to a turnover machine at Duke to Mr. Does everything for app state. Um, and yeah, they're basically the uh, them and Coastal, obviously the overwhelming favorites in in that division uh, portion of the the conference. Uh, to to mention uh, Coastal, yeah, they the, the 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 unfortunate part of Grayson McCall is that he's lost a uh, he lost his weapons. Like I don't think he the receivers and the running backs that he was able to throw and dink and dunk to or gone uh, i did write down his his touchdown interception ratio is 53 to 6 that's kind of crazy very good um i'm not sure what 
his future holds for the NFL. I don't know if he has like, you know, the type of body that the scouts salivate or if he's undersized. I don't know, but it's been a good story for the last two plus seasons. Um, good. So I think 2020 was the year that, or the year before COVID was when they really had all that magic. But um, so we'll see. I, I do agree that Marshall uh, could be very pesky. Um, they have a transfer from FSU uh, that could be a good running back. They, uh, the Texas Tech Mongo quarterback, Columbia, is going to probably be under center for them this year. And uh, they host Coastal Carolina for their homecoming game. So, like, if you're going to play Coastal, you'd rather play them at home if you're going to try to do something special in the division. And then uh, what I wrote for Georgia State is that um, – Sean Elliott might be one of those coaches that Ron and John would mention, like are in line to take a, a job at one of the higher conferences. And, you know, he's done pretty good at Georgia, you know, Georgia state for the last three years, three straight bowls. Uh, they're returning a bunch of players on both sides. Um, so we'll see what Georgia state can do. Yeah. Old dominion. I also wrote ZZZ next to a uh, high tempo offense. Uh, so I will probably take them against Virginia, maybe take the over in that game. I think that's week three, Virginia Old Dominion, uh, first to 40 might, might win that game. And then, yeah, Georgia Southern is probably going to be a basement, uh, dweller with Clay Helton and Kyle Van Trees. I think he was at Buffalo for like five seasons. Uh, so now he transfers from Buffalo and now he's going to play at Georgia Southern. I think he might be one of the only guys that Clay Helton has that doesn't run the triple option. And Clay's trying to turn that program from triple option to traditional style. So good luck with that. And uh, JMU, new conference, uh, maybe some growing pains before they get their equilibrium. But obviously uh, we know from uh, – the FCS stuff that they were always a perennial powerhouse in a division below. So now they're playing in, in the big, the big boy conference. Um, yeah. Cause John mentioned the, the, the teams that are all coming to Sunbelt. Yeah. They're really elevating themselves. Um, so good for the fun belt and the West uh, I wrote, I didn't really write a lot for this division because it's just so kind of, it's, it's very top heavy on the other side. Uh, Troy, great D bad offense. Uh, they got a Kentucky, uh, former Kentucky defensive coordinator. I wrote Southern Miss might have the sleeper potential uh, and the dark horse to win the West because someone's got to win the West and it might not be Louisiana because um, they have to replace the coach. They got to replace the quarterback and they got to replace the offensive line. So the Raging Cajuns might take a step back. Um, and uh, Arkansas State is John and – Ron mentioned going to be horrendous. Uh, Butch Jones is just a clown. So, yeah, it's unfortunately for some of the better teams in the East, because they're in the East, they're not going to be able to get to the conference championship game. Only one of those schools will get to go. But um, I guess if I had one pick, I'll, I just want to ride the race in McCall train, even though he might not have any sort of surrounding help. Um, 53 touchdowns, six interceptions is talking to me. Um, so, yeah, give me give me Coastal out of that division. I'll probably be wrong. Because, obviously, I think App State is, like, on paper, 
team to pick, but uh, I'll take I'll take Coastal. So Andy's on the board with Coastal too. I love it. I love it. John, if you could remind me, like, did you were you on Coastal as well for that division? No, I took App State. I took like the kind of chalk pick. I took App State and um, Louisiana. I hate the I hate the Louisiana pick. I wish I go somewhere else. I don't know, but whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> I will say one other note before we move on, Dave. I was looking at some of the schedules. Like Arkansas State plays at Ohio State. The over under on Ohio State's total points might be seventy five. Like they might score 50 in the in the first half but it's gonna be an absolute bloodbath like whatever the their team total was that the over like it, it's like <laughs> the arkansas state was giving up 50 to sunbell offenses can you imagine what ohio state's offense is going to do to them it's going to be just a complete annihilation yeah good point i mean they i mean I think indiana gave up like i don't know like 50 plus to ohio state last year so arkansas state is going to be terrible even worse uh, so yeah, great. So that that completes our college conference previews. We're done with all of them. That's really great. Um, we'll do a couple more things. We're gonna do our college football playoff predictions, which is as we usually say, the easiest predictions you will make the entire season. Um, but after that, I do want to get some week zero picks, and I wanted to pick your brain on a few games. So uh, we'll do the college football playoff first, and then um, see what you all think. So John, we'll go back to you. What are your four teams for the college football playoff, and who do you think is gonna win the title? I mean, it's pretty pretty straightforward, Dave. So you got Alabama, you got Ohio State, you got Georgia, and then I'll throw Utah in there as my curveball just because we want to see the Pac-12 have one moment in the sun before it completely, like, obliterates itself. So we'll throw Utah in there, and, um, you know, I'll just say Ohio State wins it because I don't want to pick an SEC team. So <laughs> I hear that. That's my pick. I hear that very well. It's funny because um, – I was thinking that fourth team is going to be the one that I think we're all going to have different. We were like, yeah, we could pick this team. We could pick this team. All right, uh, Andy, if you were to pick the four playoff teams and then your championship game and the winner, what are your predictions? Yeah, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Notre Dame. I don't know why. I just have a weird feeling about Notre Dame. ACQ is an earworm right now making an <laughs> argument for the nine and three, but no, I, I, I think they're like, God, give me Notre Dame and, uh, Alabama revenge tour winning it all. Yeah. I, I I'm also down. Well, I'll give you my predictions in a moment, but uh, let's go to Ron first. What are your predictions for the playoff? Yeah. I mean, sign me up Alabama, Ohio state, Georgia, and, uh, shit. Uh, I'll say Clemson as the fourth team, uh, even though I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah, I'll say Clemson is the four team. And I'm like, John, I'll, I'll go Ohio State over Alabama uh, to win it all. I hope you're right. It's weird because, like, it's not exactly – Ohio State is not exactly easy to take. But, man, but it would it would be nice to see something a little different. But, uh, you know, honestly, my predictions, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. And the fourth team for me is going to be Notre Dame, so I agree with Andy on that. The championship game will be Bama versus Georgia, and I do have Bama winning. I think this time they'll have it all figured out. I feel like they were taken by surprise last year. A lot of things had to break right for Georgia to win that game, and it did. Good for them, but I don't see that happening two years in a row. So, um, yeah, there you go. Great. 
I mean, not a lot of, obviously, not a lot of uh, excitement there, but we did get different teams for that fourth team, so that's cool. Let's go look, take a look at week, week zero. The first question I have for you is regarding the Nebraska Northwestern over-under, which is 50, which I was, like, I was shocked. I'm like, I, I just, like, I had maybe, like, 44. It's 50. Like, do you see that going over 50 points? Like, does anybody want to take a tackle tackle that game? Like, that seems like a really high number for those two teams. No? Okay. <laughs> I'll say this, Dave. Uh, it seems like, uh, and maybe this is a generalization, but yeah. um, I know that game is in, in Ireland. Um, it seems like whenever, uh, doesn't matter if it's college football or the NFL, whenever you put a game in a, a European country, it always seems like it's just like a shitty low scoring game. At least that's my experience. Maybe, you know, it could just be watching the Jaguars and the, uh, yeah. the Dolphins in, in London. I but, think they do know, have a factor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's probably what it is, but you know, just, uh, I, cause I have that bias in my head. I just don't see that game as like a, uh, a crisp, uh, offensive, uh, you know, juggernaut type yeah. of game. It's probably more like, uh, you know, 23, 17, something like that. Okay. Well, with that said, I, I, my, I've gotten my indulgence out of the way. So, John, let's go to you and let's get your week zero picks. These will not count for the contest coming up this year. This is just for fun. So uh, what do you see from week zero? Oh, man, we, we kind of just brushed upon a lot of these games. Um, so from the course of our preview, so the, the, the games we want to hit are uh, Vanderbilt, if you missed the six or six and a half, I feel sorry for you because it's up to nine, like we said now. Um, Hawaii is just decimated, like we talked about. Vanderbilt should dominate on the lines. And, um, you know, just they're not the – obviously, they're, they're the worst team in the SEC, but they still have SEC-caliber players on a number of the positions, and they should be able to handle Hawaii pretty easily, in my opinion. Um, a couple other picks. Um, uh, we talked about Nevada. Others again, completely just decimated. and they're playing uh, almost nine points at New Mexico State. This line actually was I got it at twelve. I got New Mexico State plus twelve like a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm all in with this, not my all in with this pick, but um, I really like this pick. I think New Mexico State could cover, should cover, maybe even win the game outright. I just don't like this Nevada team whatsoever. So that, that's my second pick, and then a bonus and over under. Um, uh, <laughs> when I talk about a game where like first to 10 points wins, Illinois and Wyoming, like oh. two offenses that just, how are they going to score? That's rough. That's a rough one. We talked about Wyoming and every transfer quarterbacks we talked about last night, Tommy DeVito and, uh, um, you know, d wants to run the ball. Craig Bull wants to run the ball. Like that's all these teams want to do. Like unless, now obviously there could be like some fluke turnovers and like, you know, special teams could play a factor, but you know, there's going to be just running the ball up and down the field. The clock's going to be running. This is going to be a really ugly game. So I really like the under in this, in this game. So it's like, I think it's like 44, 43, something like that. Obviously like, you know, if it goes under 40, I'm not going to play. I wouldn't play it, but um, I, I really like the under for this for the total. So I had to say this, okay, three picks, so the uh, two sides, um, Vanderbilt minus, I think it's eight now, but I got six and a half. Um, New Mexico State, I think it's nine now. I got plus 12 a couple weeks ago. And then the over-under in Illinois and Wyoming. We will go the under, I believe it's 40. 
I see 47 and a half at Action Network. So that's wild. Yeah, I would do under for well, that. It's going to be opening lines. It's got to be under that now. Oh, okay. Is that... Yeah, you're right. He says sometimes that is the opening line, huh? Yeah, so I'll, I'll double-check that later. Um, all right. Yeah, I, I like all the picks. So, uh, Ron, let's go to you for your Week 0 picks. Yeah, I, I mean, the two games that, uh, that I like, um, you know, Vanderbilt to cover uh, against Hawaii, and uh, I actually like uh, Connecticut to cover against Utah State, um, you know, simply for the fact that uh, I think Utah State is – uh, due for a little bit of regression this year. I think the line is right now is like 26 and a half or 27. Um, and I, by no means, I don't think Connecticut is going to win, but, you know, I do think uh, Moore is going to have the team, uh, you know, prepared to, to go out there and play well, um, you know, to, to open up his, uh, his regime there. And, uh, you know, I think 27 points is a lot for Utah State. I don't think they're that good of a team um, and and I think uh, Connecticut could surprise some people and keep it close at least for a half uh, and cover that spread. Yep, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I see that the I see the and I particularly see that Vanderbilt spread becoming a consensus. Andy, let's get your picks as well. Are you on the bandwagon? Yeah, I um, I got pulling up the lines here. Um, last year I took. Fresno State against UConn, my rule that I just created on the fly is anytime week zero is including UConn as their uh, inventory, you got to get involved. Um, and I'm going to bet them this year as opposed to bet against them last year. Um, on the thread a few weeks ago, Ron and John convinced me to take UConn. Um, you know, Jim Mora, I – Love him or hate him, he he deserves a little more respect than 26 and a half. And, you know, UConn, I mean, they, they're perpetually, you know, not great, but, you know, they, they why can't they be a little better this year? Why can't they hang around? You know how many points 26 and a half is? It's a lot. So give me, give me the Huskies week zero. And, yeah, I already locked in uh, Vanderbilt, I think, last week at six at six and a half. It's up to nine or eight and a half, depending on what shop you're looking at. And by Saturday night, in 72 hours from now, it might be nine and a half or ten. So uh, I'm liking it a lot. So go Commodores. And then the other team that I, I liked, I, I don't have – I don't have the balls to bet uh, Nevada, New Mexico State. I don't have the the balls to bet Cowboys, Indians, the Illinois, Wyoming game. I mean, we know Illinois is going to be bad. We knew Wyoming is going to be bad, but is Wyoming thirteen points bad versus Illinois? That's that's crazy. I don't know. I'll probably end up betting it because I'm I'm such a clown. Uh, but yeah, I have no feel on that. Um, but two teams that I do have a little more conviction on, a uh, checker on a checker with, with John. I'm taking Charlotte against Florida Atlantic. We talked about that at the beginning of the program. And then um, I'll, I'll take North Texas against UTEP just based on the running back depth and the Yankee fa- uh, fan base prospect, the 29-year-old quarterback for North Texas. 
Um, so yeah, it's shaping up to be a, a typical week zero and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I remember when the week zero used to be just a couple of games and now we got like almost half a slate here. I'm just looking at the number of games. It's, it's pretty good inventory. So good luck everybody on your picks. And uh, now let's go swing it back to John. Let's get your final thoughts for this series of uh, two prediction shows. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, honestly, Dave, oh, yeah. you know, we all, we, we could probably separate it out even more. Like you could do like two conferences on one <laughs> night, two conferences on the other. Maybe you could do like the, like the storylines and this kind of thing, like on a separate show and like just reserve these for like the conference previews. But, you know, um, in any event, it's been a lot of fun and um, it should be a, an awesome season. And I uh, look forward to doing our picks each week. And, um, you know, next week we'll start our contest officially and, should be great. So thanks again for having us, Dave. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. And you're absolutely right. We could make a whole week out of this. So, you know, like day one would be just like the storylines. Like day two would be, you know, we could have a lot of fun doing that. Absolutely. So, Andy, let's get your final thoughts as well. Yeah, man. It's been uh, been a couple good shows. It's We say it every year. Like, it goes by so fast. I think not including week zero, there's like 13 regular weeks, 13 full college football Saturdays. So, savor every single one of them i know like there's people that actually have lives and have families and whatnot but uh, <laughs> i've uh, i was scrolling through like the first couple of weeks like that week two late night game like i'm not touching the boob i'll be watching arizona <laughs> mississippi state and baylor byu so in oregon state fresno state that's a good week two because i was like week one is loaded and week so because week one's always so loaded, sometimes week two is kind of lacking. But they uh, backloaded the the late night games on week two, so degenerates be rubbing their arms and hands for that one. And that's <laughs> also yeah, it's right before week one uh, NFL Sunday, so that'll be a fun weekend. It'll be a fun September. Yeah, it's going to be a fun season, I think, uh, looking at everything on the table. A lot of good stories. I love it. Um, Kevin is all about the week-long pods in 2023. So, John, I think you've got some support there. All right, so let's go to Ron, and let's get your last word on our, on our two preview shows. If we're doing a week-long uh, series, Dave, uh, you know, Monday's got to be Notre Dame uh, so we can get, uh, <laughs> so get Tommy in and out. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Jesus Christ, you make it a week long series, and uh, <laughs> our buddy old baby, my his head might explode. You know? <laughs> I know. Been killing me uh, with the college football stuff. You know, he doesn't get it, and you know this and that. Uh, but uh, I mean, we like it, we love it. Uh, there's certainly enough there for us to, you know, to to talk for. I mean, we did almost five hours these two nights. So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I mean, it's it's a passion for all of us, and. Uh, you know, it's it's a special time of year. Like Andy said, it goes by so fast, and if you don't stop and uh, and, and really like appreciate it, uh, and you know, I used to be a, a guy who you know didn't pay attention to week zero, and you know, was in one year, I, I wouldn't really start. Uh, you know, my official start of college football, like like a Mike Francesa, was like always the Thursday. Uh, you know, the week one Thursday game, it would be the two ACC teams, uh, North Carolina and whoever else was in the mix. Um, but I'm pumped for, for this weekend. I really am. And, you know, I'll, I'll be in the mix with, with, with all the games. And, you know, as, as I get older and, you know, the time flies by faster, you know, it's, it's true. You know, you got you to gotta savor every, 
you know, weekend that you get and all these, uh, you blink and it'll be uh, Thanksgiving and we'll be talking about, uh, you know, the, uh, the conference championship game. So let's enjoy it for what it is. And, and I can't wait for the, uh, the season and our picks. I'm with you, Ron. Thank you so much, everybody, for doing this again. It's really great to have this back in my, in my life, and uh, it's really been fun. So you all did great. Um, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Enjoy those games. Good luck on your picks. And then uh, let's do it again. Hopefully on Wednesday we can do week one picks. It'll be really fun. And we can we even have a recap because we have week zero. So uh, thanks, everyone. Take care, and, and we'll see you soon, pretty soon. All right. See you, Jess. Right, see you, guys. See you, guys. Fellas. Oh, that was good times. Good times. Ron, John, Andy, and Ron, John, and Andy. It's good to see them all back here on the program again. Um, boy, good stuff. I, I, I boy, just they just bring it with the analysis, don't they? Uh, so if you missed any part of it here on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube Live, the replay will be right up here on this channel. Just go back to the same link that you were in. If you and uh, otherwise, you can catch our podcast. And you can bring this program on the go, ditcow.com, or all your Apple podcasts or podcast players of choice and you also might want to take a look at the the power five previews our previous episode where we had an extensive coverage of all the conferences and i almost feel like we we shortchanged the big 10 and the sec if that makes it if you can believe that i feel like we didn't we didn't get enough time to cover them really in full detail but as you know we're going to cover them plenty during the course of the season so i thank you again for your participation we really appreciate all the great support we've been getting a lot of great a lot of great metrics. Like we were seeing a lot of viewership on for that Power Five show yesterday, and uh, I'm sure we're getting similar numbers tonight for for this program. Um, and so good luck. Take the advice. Take the picks. We'll be glad to bring you more good advice next week. I mean, um, it, it should be a good time. So, it, as we mentioned, we're going to be here all we all season long. We'll try to go to the, the go to the podcast every week. We're probably going to go every other week, to be honest with you. But but as we come along and we can recap all the things that we've been doing, it should be a really fun time. But you will always stay in touch with the with the, with the the contest by going to ditcow.com. And you'll always see what the picks are. You'll always see where the standings are and who's doing well. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's use that as our little head of steam to get into the season. And it should be a really fun weekend. So take care, everybody, for now. Enjoy those Week Zero games. This has been a blast. Um, I'm Dave Medina. I hope you enjoyed this program. And if you haven't got enough of me, you can catch me over on the Sandwich Show on Twitch too. Look for me at Davey's Eating a Sandwich. Um, uh, more more college football coverage as we begin football picks next week. And until then, we'll see you next time.